Hey, what's up? It's episode 75 of the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Settle in because we are going long form with this one, listener, with our buddy, friend of the show, and writer, Matt Delhauer. It's the birth of a collaboration between the Jock and Nerd Podcast and Matt's blog over at Ginger Geek Blogs. This ongoing series is called WTF Happened, or What the Fuck Happened, for those who don't speak abbreviation. Matt Delahauer gives us an incredibly entertaining recap and analysis of the train wreck that is the Josh Trank-directed 2015 movie, Fantastic Four. Oh, you know the one. Make sure you check the show notes at jockandnerd.com slash 75 for the link to uh, the accompanying blog that's going to go with the show over at Matt's blog. So sit back. And prepare to chuckle maybe a couple of times as Matt Delhauer explains what the fuck happened with Fantastic Four, parentheses 2015. It's the Jockey Nerd Podcast with your hosts, Anthony and Imran. Jockey Nerd! Welcome to the show, listener. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock! He's a nerd. And we're your hosts for the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we love to geek out about superhero, TV, movies, comic books. Everything. Everything. And we love talking to really fun, interesting people. We got quite a cast of guests we've had on the show. This show is no different, listener, is it, Anthony? Not at all. Joining us for today <laughs> is filmmaker, artist, blogger. He's a writer. He's a voice actor. Uh, you may have heard him over at uh, the Weekly Jump at How Do I Jump, Mr. Matt Dalhauer. Matt, how's it going? Uh, it's going well. Thanks for having me back on, guys. Absolutely. You may remember Matt from uh, Jock and Nerd episode 41. Yeah, that was an uh, awesome episode. That it was titled "Why Spider-Man Three Sucks," and Matt <laughs> broke it down uh, and uh, much it, more detailed than we thought it was going to be of a breakdown. Yeah, I was I I didn't know what to expect, and then we were like, "Damn, dude, you have an art for this!" And it was so entertaining, and uh, a lot of people said they loved that. And it actually has really good download numbers. Yeah, that great. every month, dude, uh, it picks up another. It's, like, it's everlasting. Yeah, yeah. People can talk about shitty movies all the time. Right? Oh, absolutely. That's that's really fun. That show's got legs. So, uh, Matt, actually, it was your idea that you wanted to do the same treatment to this movie, Fantastic Four from 2015. I don't know if you've heard of it or not. Listener, uh, you may may or not have heard of this movie. came out in 2015. Uh, But, Matt, how do we get here? What have you been up to lately? Before we begin all that, uh, why don't you tell the listener what you've been up to? Uh, well, um, before, well, to, to, to at least be fair, um, I actually, I had someone request me do this movie on this podcast. Oh my God. Oh um, shit. That's um, I like that. Uh, a buddy of mine from, from, uh, Pennsylvania where I am, uh, came up to me and he was like, Hey, uh, you know, I heard the podcast you shared where you were, you were making fun of, uh, Spider-Man. He's like, that was, that was brilliant, man. He's like, you you should do the new fantastic four movie. Nice. I want to hear what you have to say about it. Nice. And, Immediately, my first thought was, I don't want to do that movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to have a reason to see it. But I, as time went on, I, I feel like uh, I owed it to um, all of my fans, or fan at least, uh, in case of one, <laughs> to, uh, to go ahead and do so. Since I was last here, really there hasn't been too much going on. 
I actually am no longer writing with Nerdist.com. Yeah, see, that, I heard that, and yeah. Is that what last, you were getting at, Imran? Yes, I want to know what happened. When last you were here, Matt did write for the Nerdist. Uh, how, what happened there? Well, the thing is, is I've I've actually been trying to uh, let a lot of people know, and like you know, a few the few podcasts that I've done, I've I've tried to be good about saying that I was a freelance writer that was writing for Nerdist.com. I okay. was not officially hired sure. onto the company in any way. So um, the year, the beginning of the year came around, and you know, uh, they were they had a two week break at the end of the year for holiday for all the editors to be able to be with their family and so on and so forth. First week of the new year, when they got back into the offices, uh, I wound up getting a call, and it was simply just them saying, you know, we had some restructuring that's going on with the company, um, and it's going to mean, that, well, you know, it's all the industry talk, whatever yep. it might mean. <laughs> um, and they said we're gonna, we have to take a look at our freelance writer pool, and we had to make some decisions about who might stay and who we might have to let go. And sadly, I was not one that that made the cut, so I was. Off and into the wild blue yonder. Yeah, I figured that's what it is. I mean, if you've worked any kind of freelance anything, I mean, you know that's what you you know that's part of the gig, man. Exactly. You, you know. being, being freelance means you're not you know there's nothing about you that's permanent with whatever you're doing. And any day now, you could have someone just be like, yeah, you know, we decided we we don't need you at the moment. You've gained the experience and uh, valuable uh, knowledge, and you can put it on uh, you know your resume and stuff, and it, oh, it still works out really good. Oh yeah, having having the name nerdist on a, a resume is not anything that'll that'll be laughed at so that's yeah, that's well, nice. you get another one for that yeah absolutely. yeah <laughs> so i mean and it's just you know now it's it's back into the the grind of you know getting stuff out there talking to different companies seeing what i can do so it's just uh it's you know it's it's moving along it, it gave me the chance you know to go back to um a blog of mine that i've been doing for i mean i started a few years ago i hadn't really done anything with for two years because all of the, the freelance stuff kind of just picked up and kept running Yep. Well, what's uh, the name of that blog, by the way? Uh, yeah. That is the Ginger Geek Blogs. Yep, uh, you can yeah. find that at gingergeekblogs.blogspot.com. Link in the show notes, of course. Uh, <laughs> so you are uh, you you got more focusing, focusing more attentions to your blog, and uh, at the moment you have a very interesting post up on the main page right here. Yeah, at the moment I, I have um, what I refer to. I, I believe I titled it um, "The Ginger King Returns and What to Expect" or yeah. something like that. Yeah, that's pretty close. Yeah, yeah, close enough. <laughs> or the taste of things to come. There you go. That's it. <laughs> yeah. um, Give us a nice little shout out, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. Uh, a link to the. You, you don't have to lie to your listeners, though. We are not great guys and not quite fun to listen to. <laughs> or your readers. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, whatever they end up being, yeah. they they might you know somehow <laughs> their phone speak my blog to them. It's the you know it's 2016. That's anything's true. possible now. Um, but uh, I I decided I would get back into it, so I started off. Um, I actually decided one of the things you know if I, if I wanted to, to go ahead and make this a regular thing of coming on to your guys' show and doing this whole you know breakdown of terrible movies and and so on and so forth. I, I officially uh, named it "What the Fuck Happened." That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, fuck yeah, dude. You can come on anytime, anytime you want man. and skew movies. I love there this idea. This is very exciting. We're at the, this is uh, the beginning of a series here, uh, listener, with the Jock and Nerd podcast and the Ginger Geek blog. This is great. <laughs> so I decided, yeah, I decided I would do a, a second half kind of a breakdown of the background and behind the scenes stuff for the movie 
that I'm posting up on the blog. I mean, I'm going to talk about it on the, the podcast as well, but I'm trying to at least have a little bit more detail on the blog spot as well. Nice. Right on. No, I like I'm, this. I love it because uh, like it, it, you say in this post uh, podcast, like how did this get made? And uh, those kind of shows, they're really popular and they're hilarious because oh, awesome. yeah. who doesn't I, love listening to someone just fucking skewer I, something? In I an do everything fashion. in my power to make sure that I constantly mention how did this get made just so I don't have a single person go and be like, oh, this isn't an original thing. You didn't come up with this. Yeah. And I'll be like, yeah, I know. I, I stole this immediately. I'm making no money off of it. <laughs> but it's what every person, it's what you bring to it that it makes it It's different. your personality. Yeah. It, it also kind of reminds me on uh, YouTube. It's like the uh, how this movie should have ended. Yeah, have how it should have ended kind of stuff. Yeah. So, or all the, the amount yep. of errors in this movie. Yeah. Like 27 things wrong, 100 and something yeah, things the, wrong. Yeah, the cinema, cinema, cinema sins. Yeah. All that shit is so much fun. It's very popular. It's awesome. And I'm really excited that we get to produce some of that content and add, you know, to this thing. This is fucking awesome. Great idea, sir. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So this is officially, this episode is going to be uh, what the fuck happened with Fantastic Four? Parentheses 2015. 2015, right? Howard. This is uh, oh, the funny thing fantastic. is do it for the blog for the blog post. I've decided that to in order to um, differentiate that from the older movies because I didn't want to constantly have to be putting like Fantastic Four 2015. That's an, yeah, it's annoying. Uh, I just made it Fantastic and then the number four because all of their promotion uh, okay. has been doing it. I like oh, that. Yeah. That's the way to differentiate because I was thinking about that moving forward. If you have to write about any of these movies, you have to put the year in the fucking title now all the time. I don't, I don't know how you guys feel about it but i think every fantastic four movie has been shitty well that's true so but it would be it's hard be no like, i'm just saying shitty one exactly you have it's hard to distinguish you have it, to put yeah. in something it was a tough job to make the original fantastic four movies look good yeah and this movie did. and this one did it yeah <laughs> oh, shit. all right look well let's just get into it uh i'm gonna play some music and we will begin the show i mean the show started the show started but the already, actual we're show. here yeah so let me set this up a little bit for people. Like I said, you can listen to our review, uh, which I forget what episode it is. Just type in Fantastic Four in the search, which that show is more entertaining than the movie. And I guarantee, by the, yeah, yeah, I guarantee, though, by the end of this show, this will be even more entertaining than our show that is more entertaining than the actual movie. And that movie in question is Fantastic Four. I'm slightly and, confused. And he's right. They use the four as the A in the middle. Right. So, yeah, it's, so it's, it's Fantaforstic. That's actually what it says. <laughs> You're absolutely right. The movie reads Fantaforstic. Fantaforstic 2015, uh, directed by one no, no other than the notorious Josh Trank. Uh, written by Jeremy Slater, Simon Kinberg, and Josh Trank, and I think screenplay by Josh Trank, starring Miles Teller as Reed Richards, Michael B. Jordan as Johnny Storm, Kate Mara as Sue Storm, Jamie Bell as Ben Grimm, Toby Kebbell, Doctor Doom, and uh, that's a bunch about, of other people. Bunch of other people. Tim Blake and then supporting in it. actors. Then yeah. supporting people. Now this movie is made for one hundred twenty million dollars. Estimated, yeah. Estimated. I think they, they, the final number was like 122 mil. Okay, 122 mil. Opening weekend, it only made uh, about 25 million. In the U.S., yes. Domestic, it's, and I think it went on only to gross 168 million domestic. The, no, no. What no? Are you talking no, about? it was oh, 168 total. million worldwide. Oh, worldwide. Jesus. Come on, Imran. They, oh, man. they only just barely got back they their budget. Barely. And so, you know. I don't even, if you, that if you count I don't think the that counts the marketing. Though, That's the, not, yeah. how much they spent no, on the marketing? That, yeah. So they probably lost a ton of money. They're in the hole for this fucking thing. Now, you know, it did. It was nominated for awards, people. 
Oh, shit. Right? I'm surprised. It's nominated for four Razzie Awards. Lame. Five, actually, you got there. Five. Five Razzies, actually. Five. God damn it, Imran. Read I'm, correctly. I'm not good with numbers, people. <laughs> I, haven't it. I don't know what year this is. Uh, look, worst picture, worst remake or sequel, worst screen combo, meaning all four of them. Oh, jeez. <laughs> worst director, Josh Trank. Worst screenplay by the lot of them, Kinberg Slater and Josh Trank. And... Here is where I'm now just going to hand it over to Matt. Take the ball, sir. All right. Fade in. Yes. So the movie starts off with basically as innocently enough, we we come into this movie, you know, all of us very confused and frightened about what we're about to see (laughs) in a a classroom in like fifth grade somewhere in what I'm assuming is supposed to be New York. Maybe in Yonkers. I I only assume these things because that's where all the Marvel comics take place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we are never given any kind of instance as to where the hell we are throughout the whole movie. Oh, that's right. There's no establishing <laughs> shots anywhere Nothing, in this ever. movie. Yeah. And in this, co- in this um, you know, like fifth grade uh, classroom, kids are in the middle of doing career day presentations as to what they want their career to be when they grow up. Uh, a young Reed Richards is busy uh, doodling and writing things into a notebook and his teacher apparently can't get his attention to do his project. So, of course, we have some clever writing such as Earth to Mr. Richards coming from the teacher. <laughs> At which point he he realizes, oh, embarrassingly enough, he wasn't paying attention. And he gets up and he gives his presentation. And uh, the young Reed Richards says that he wants to be the first person ever to create a teleportation device. The first person ever to teleport himself or other things anywhere. And, of course, all the kids start laughing because, oh, a nerd who wants to build science things. How how lame are you? We all hate you for this. To the point where his teacher is making fun of him in front of the entire class <laughs> for this. Just – I like I was waiting for just somebody to see a nerd and then they'll start throwing stuff Wasn't at him. Wasn't that – that was Dan Castellaneta? I think it was that played the teacher. Yeah, he was being a dick, dude. I was like, why is Homer Simpson uh, being a dick? This was supposed to be a, you know, a presentation on a career you could actually have. And it's like <laughs> – The dude, science teacher. Like 10. <laughs> and that's such like a, a 90s like bully mindset. But he's the science <laughs> teacher. No, I'm saying like the way it's written too. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say it's, it's like you know, they're, they're picking on a 10-year-old because he wants to do something with science. And like you're telling me you didn't have one 10-year-old who walked up there and was like, I want to be a velociraptor. Yeah, I got <laughs> Rocket ship. Oh, um, so we also get this this very quick moment between him and who is the young Ben Grimm, who goes up to go do his presentation afterwards. We never hear what it is he says he wants to be, because apparently this movie has decided that Ben Grimm is not an important character <laughs> and we should never know anything about him. <laughs> I believe they cut away from him as he's about to open his mouth. Yeah, and he, he like turns and he's like about to say like, – And then it just cuts. And then it's just boom. All right. Now, <laughs> Who cares? Now we're back to the Grimm family uh, salvage yard uh, in wherever the hell this takes place. It looks a lot like the Avery salvage yard it in really Manitowoc, does. Wisconsin for making a murderer, oh, by the just, way. Yeah, it's just a big <laughs> sign hanging off that says Grimm uh, salvage yard. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Ben is walking his bike up to the house. When he has his older brother, who apparently is just hanging out in the salvage yard with his uh, ne'er-do-well gang of friends, <laughs> uh, tells Ben to go do something, whatever it is. It's not important, and Ben mouths off to him. So at which point, the older brother chases him into the house, announces to everybody that it's clobberin' time, 
and starts hitting his uh, his brother and telling him that you don't ever talk back to me like that. Oh, shit. Wow, that's traumatic for a little kid. So there's nothing like taking an iconic, rather cheeky thing from the comics yeah. and turning it into a reference of domestic abuse. <laughs> yeah, even, I mean, even if you didn't know that was in the comic books, this that moment, that line is connected to a pretty traumatic moment in this little it's kid's like, life. Just like, uh, even outside of that, is it really all that clever to have, you know, the, the like 17 year old brother be like, it's clobbering time. And then just start slapping a kid around. Uh, that's that's like, yeah. I remember. Yeah. I remember during our review, I, I think I was the one that mentioned like, it's kind of twisted that they made the, the most iconic thing that he says, the darkest thing, one of the darker things of this movie. Yeah. Like you're telling me that every time that he, the thing says that from now on, he's not suddenly having this tortured like ptsd moment about his brother beating him up it's fucking twisted if you think about it like that so um his his mom comes in and then starts beating his brother for hitting him and the dogs outside start barking and she tells ben you know go find out what that is so they send the 10 year old kid to go wander out into the junkyard and find out why the dogs are freaking out And he comes across 10-year-old Reed Richards apparently stealing things from their junkyard. Yeah. Well, he, he uh, they they become best friends. Yeah. Just like, you know, I'm, I'm Ben. Oh, I'm Reed. I'm stealing things from your family. Cool. Let's be friends. <laughs> uh, and they, they wander back to uh, Reed's family's house where he's building his transportation device in the garage. And this is a transportation device that he has built out of, I believe, like – 20 some odd Nintendo 64s. Oh, that's, um, that's right. It was stacks of Nintendo 64s. Stacks of Nintendo yeah. 64s, a whole bunch of speaker wire, and like magnets. Sure, sure, that should work. That sounds, <laughs> sounds doable. So they, they, they rattle through a whole bunch of you know, mumbo jumbo fake science to try and you know, convince you that this 10 year old knows what he's doing. And they decide to you know, have it go off. You know, we're going we're gonna to test it now. And I think my favorite part about this scene, not so much is the moment where, you know, young Reed Richards is basically praying to his machine, please don't blow up, please don't blow up when he's about to turn it on. I think it's the fact that when he turns it on and it immediately causes a blackout, the first thing that happens is his stepdad in the house just automatically yells, Reed, what did you do? Just instantly knows it's this stupid little kid who just caused this to happen. (laughs) And like goes like storming out. So you you all bet like they don't they don't allude to it, but you automatically know Reed Richards got his ass kicked by his stepdad for this. Yeah. So Reed, so, I forgot so, the Reed's coming from a broken family too. In this, it's like everybody's coming from some yeah. kind of weird like family setup. Yeah. Reed Reed has uh, divorced parents, and the mom married a new guy. For all we know, Ben only has his mom and his abusive older brother. Right. Uh, and then we have the weird, um, you know, adoption fa- thing, right? family thing going on with the storms that we'll get to in a, a Dude, couple so minutes. We're, we're 10 minutes into this movie. Three children have been beaten already. It's like, oh, wow, this, what is going on? on screen, we're, we're basically being told that every one of these main characters has been beaten as a child. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dark shit, Josh Drink. So this, this <laughs> then cuts from them causing some sort of major blackout throughout, like, I guess, Yonkers or again, wherever they're supposed to be, maybe like up in upstate, upstate New York. Yeah, I felt like it was kind of upstate New York. But that's right. Um, you never know. No, they don't fucking tell <laughs> you. Yeah. Immediately cuts to the high school science fair seven years later. Okay. Yep, yep. That's where it gets good. good. <laughs> and as, as we're at the science fair, Ben and Reed are presenting their transportation machine. Uh, oh, I, I forgot to mention, uh, the transportation machine did work in the garage, 
because when they the smoke cleared, they found a whole pile of random rocks where the little toy car that they were trying to transport. Oh, yeah, there was like sand or something. Yeah. yeah. So at the at the science fair, they're going to do a presentation about this transportation device, and Dan Castellaneta, as the teacher, apparently is still there. <laughs> Whether he is still their teacher after seven years or got moved up to principal or something, uh, not explained, not, not important, obviously. But it's him and two others walking around the science fair. And as they're about to show off their transportation device, they realize, oh, Ben forgot to bring the model car they were going to do because, well, he's such a dummy. <laughs> that is completely <laughs> useless so far. It's like he he has been hanging out with Reed apparently for the past seven years Ben's helping a, him build this machine. Yeah. Has not learned a goddamn thing. Plus, this is no, you don't know that. that he's smart. They haven't even it, yeah, showed it, us it, that it, he's smart or they anything. They basically were just like, oh, yeah, uh, Ben Grimm. Uh, he's kind of just like there. Yeah. Ben's just the guy. Just, yeah. the, just the guy get just, fetching he's stuff. Just, he's just a dude who's just doing things for the reason of being a dude, I guess. This is one of the Fantastic Four. Let's just keep this that is, in mind going forward. This is one forward. of the four most important characters yeah. in this movie. Yeah. And he comes <laughs> off as just being wallpaper. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so they, they instead steal this kid. This kid next to him is doing some sort of an experiment with a paper airplane or some crap like that. It's whatever it is. It's not important. Isn't either. that kid significantly younger than them too? He's like he's like maybe ten. So, and they, and they like look seven. they look so old though. They don't and look so like so. This is like a K through twelve thing. thing what it, what it means is this is like the entire school district yeah. is holding a science fair together. It's like the la- the last school in America that has all twelve grades in the same well, fucking and, and they're and they're all doing the science fair. Like We're you're, just you're next getting to each other. you're getting like three year old presentations yeah. with eighteen year old. You, you got to beat, yeah. and beat out that yeah. into this this gymnasium. Yeah. yeah. So it's it, it really just sense. boils down to like such budget cuts. <laughs> this, this movie really is just all about budget cuts in the education system. It is. Just shove it all together in one room. We don't have time but, for uh, this. So they, they take the kids' little like, you know, styrofoam model airplane yeah. and they, they decide they're going to transport it. And they do. Uh, it causes a massive electromagnetic pulse that flies through the, the, the room, causes the backboard in of the basketball uh, hoop to explode. Most likely injuring people. (laughs) And then they look back and, oh, look, the plane is back where it was after it disappeared. And now it's covered in sand, maybe from the Goji Desert or whatever it is as he's trying to explain it. Yep. He is immediately shot down and claimed that – told that what he just did was a magic trick and not actually science. (laughs) Oh, shit. disqualified. That's the the funniest part is nobody is impressed. There was was like – they're like, Mr. Reed, this is supposed to be a science fair, not a magic show. And they just walk away. And so he hands the plane back to the kids like, hey, sorry about your plane. And the thing's like on fire. It's all burnt. Yeah, it's on fire. It's great. I forgot um, how but, dismissive they were. Of yes, this. nobody's impressed one bit. They're like, what is that? It, lucky, lucky for him, um, the head of some kind of a science division of whatever college it might be. Dr. Storm and his daughter Sue were also at this uh, science fair. How convenient. What a quaint For shits and gigs, I assume. Yeah. Yeah, I remember um, pointing that out too. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I just remember pointing that out and being like, thinking, why is 
this guy that's super important, Dr. Franklin Richards, trolling a science fair in, in wherever the fuck he and they is. And they step into frame from nowhere, right. from out of nowhere. Yeah, it's legitimately like the teachers who just said, oh, this is a magic trick, walk off frame. And not a heartbeat yep. later, he walks in and is like, I want to give you a full scholarship to wherever the hell I'm from. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. They come from out of nowhere, just walk so, in. And he's telling them, like, he, he, he immediately tells Reed. Uh, well, we've been trying to work on, on teleportation for a long time. We've been able to send things to another dimension, but not bring them back. And then there's just like a pause and Reed's like, oh, you're serious? And uh, all I can think is, well, that's what you've just done. Are you really assuming that you're the only person who's ever tried this? <laughs> so then they, they pull out a vial of these little rocks from the other dimension that apparently they also just happen to carry on them wherever they go. <laughs> of course. <laughs> And be like, look, we have we have proof that we've been doing the same work. You should come work for us at the Baxter Institute. The place that trolls high school science fairs. Yeah, come on down. Baxter Institute, who needs to go recruiting out of high school uh, uh, science fairs yeah. because apparently they don't have any kind of like connection to legitimate science. I, I, want, I want to throw into not just a high school science fair, a, a science fair that is – all grades. He's just full of children. <laughs> I, like, do, you think, do you think he tried to recruit like the seven-year-old who also like I'm built sure. the volcano? You know, in their defense, when your Craigslist ad for scientists wanted, you know, results and nothing, that's the next step. So you go to the school. Guaranteed. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> to, to try and not spend too much time on every detail of this movie. So Reed gets a full scholarship to what, again, I'm assuming is probably NYU. Yeah, um, that didn't seem like they were in the city. They, they show him and Ben like moving him into random dorm room in generic city. Yep. Okay. And at which point he is now suddenly working with. Oh, so Ben gets a scholarship too, or Ben's just no, helping him? Ben doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what about my bite? No, not him. He's an idiot. Just like, you. When, when they start off, he's like, I want, like, I'm pretty sure he says, I want to give you both full rides to whatever it is. And then, like, they move in, and I'm like, okay, so the two of them are going to move in. They're going to be working on this project. So for, like, the next 30 minutes, as it's only following Reed as he's working on this project and failing at flirting with uh, Sue Storm yeah. and, you know, so on and so forth, all I kept thinking was is, where the hell is Ben? Yeah, Ben's gone. Like, for is Ben <laughs> – how is Ben not helping? Did they give Ben a full scholarship just so he could weld stuff together for them? <laughs> You got a welding like they have like you know 20 minutes later they've got this scene where he's taking like a selfie with like the design of his uh, model and they show Ben just in the middle of the junkyard get us get a text message and it's the selfie that Reed took and it's like couldn't have done it without you buddy it's like yeah great I'm kind of sitting here just doing nothing with my life so yeah. uh, you know thanks for that yeah Ben Ben is gone for a large part of this now so anyway uh to take a step back from that so they they move it he moves into NYU I'm assuming and is now working on whatever this transport, you know, teleportation project is with Dr. Storms, with Sue Storm, who is, uh, I don't know what the hell she's doing there. <laughs> she apparently works in pattern recognition. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is why she loves Portishead, because apparently, you know, nerds can't just like music. They have to have a scientific reason to listen to music. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I like that you mentioned Portishead, but like, what does it have to do with patterns? Just because it, it's like is repetitive. That, is like, that the case for you, Imran? Do you have uh, scientific reasons for all the music you like? No. No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's like, that's the thing is, is he's like, like she's like in the, the 
she's just like in the library doing whatever research, like listening to music. And this is, of course, supposed to be like the sort of meet cute between her and Reed, except for the fact that like everybody in this movie is a dick to each other yeah, for no reason. It doesn't work. <laughs> so like he yeah. walks up and he's like, oh, what are you listening to? And she's like, oh, it's Portishead. He goes, oh, cool. Like, is that your thing? Are you like into music? <laughs> and I'm like, I like, I, I, at first I wanted to be like, this is terrible dialogue, but I'm like, but I've seen people try and be like this. Exactly. Yeah. That's so a good it point. It really is kind of true to life. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like they casted them as both being people that were locked in rooms for their whole life and never interacted with anyone. And yeah. Then just, and like that at least doing works their first dialogue. Yeah, it works well, for Reed, right? Yeah. So he's he's like, oh, so is that your thing? Are you like into music? And she's like, pattern recognition. I listen to music because of the patterns of blah, 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 whatever her exposition for it is. And he's like, oh, okay. And that's it. That's the <laughs> end of that scene is just basically her telling him off, yeah. spouting a bunch of like pseudoscience nonsense about pattern recognition in 90s girl bands. That's and also the end of like all the character development you kind of get from uh, Sue Storm. Like that's just a little bit, and then you, like she, the you get from Sue Storm. Yeah, she's like oddly cold to him, right? Yeah, it's the entire movie. It feels like they wanted to do. They wanted to try so hard to get away from like the early Fantastic Four comics, where like all Sue Storm was good for was getting kidnapped and being useless, basically. Yeah, and bubbly. Yeah. So they were like, oh well, she has to be like the smartest one out of all of them, and it's not that she's the smartest one and proves it. It's that she basically basically just treats everyone else like shit. <laughs> and it's just like, like there's, there's a scene a little bit later on where they're looking at, and I, I, I feel bad that I'm, I'm kind of jumping around on this no, one, but the, it's, it it's more of just the fact that like, unlike Spider-Man, there really aren't set points where it's like, you have to know this happened and then this happened and right, then this happened. Right. So there's a little bit later on, they're looking at the design that Reed had made for his transportation device. And Sue looks at it and like the first thing she says is impressive. And he goes, oh, thanks. And she turns around and like that you didn't completely black out the eastern seaboard. <laughs> and it's like you could have said that first instead of being a bitch about it. <laughs> oh, the dialogue is so bad. No wonder they don't take her out to uh, the next uh-huh. dimension. Yeah, yeah, like, fuck like, that bitch. I don't want her to come with us. But yeah. it's like everything about her is she's just like she doesn't want to be around anybody. Like her job apparently on this this trip is she's designing the environmental suits for them to be That's wearing. Right. Yeah, right. she was the suit architect. Because of pattern recognition? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I forgot how bad the dialogue was too now that you're bringing back the dialogue. It's, it's so, so horrible. This, we get to what I think has to be one of my favorite moments in this entire thing is after, so after he's moved in and they're apparently working in some super secret underground lab that just happens to be underneath NYU or whatever it is. They have like the 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 whatever the board of directors is that's in charge of this project is talking to Doctor Storm about the team he's assembling, and they notice on the list is Victor Von Doom. Now, okay. I'm happy with the fact that they did, in fact, keep the name Victor Von Doom. Wasn't it supposed to be Domshevsky or something like that? Or? He was in the, yeah, in the, in the pre-production, before they were getting into it, they were apparently going to give him some Baltic kind of name. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was going to just be that he was like a programmer and so on and so forth. Um, and like people on the internet lost their shit over it. That they were like, you're not even going to make him Victor Von Doom. This is the stupidest thing in the world. So it was like Fox kind of had their like their it forced their hand of like well we kind of have to name that because otherwise like we already are going into this with bad press and wasn't that all in voiceover like you never it, saw it, the, the, no, one has, no one says his name to him yeah he never says it himself 
there yeah. is a an ADR line with an like an insert shot of a list with the name on it. That sort of goes Victor von Doom is on this list. Yeah. Oh right. You don't ever see anybody's <laughs> mouth actually saying that. So at which point he's like, you know, Storm is like, oh well, I, he's the one who designed this thing. I need him on my team. I'll keep a close eye on him. And they're all like, well, the last time he, uh, you know, he lit all of your research on fire and destroyed a computer. It's like, okay. Well, I promise he won't do that this time. Yeah, I still need him. That's well, good enough for us. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Storm goes to go recruit Victor Von Doom in what has to be the greatest, like, weird, like, villain layer I've ever seen in my life. Oh yeah, it's, it's not so much like it's not cartoony villain layer. It's a random just warehouse in what I'm assuming is supposed to be Brooklyn because I think this is supposed to be New York. Yeah, it's in a warehouse. That's right. And so it's in a warehouse, and he gets there. And I have to read the the description. I actually I, yes. I wrote a whole paragraph about this. Or my my description was: Victor is the bad boy scientist of this movie. He has his close cropped hair, his neck beard, and his leather jacket, which makes him look exactly like the Baltic sniper from Behind Enemy Lines. With um, uh, God, who was in that? Uh, was that uh, uh, Hack- Gene Hackman? Gene Hackman and Owen and Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. And I said, so I said they find him in his vampire cave in a warehouse in Brooklyn, listening to Vivaldi, decked out in his Google Glass and playing Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it looked like a Let's Player setup there. Yeah. The, the, are the lights are all off too? Yeah, the lights are all off. He's blacked <laughs> out all the windows with curtains. And like so, he. I was like, you who, know, "Who's that? Storm, PewDiePie? Is that PewDiePie in there playing <laughs> yeah, video Storm, games?" Storm walks in, is talking to him, goes ripping the curtain down off the window so some natural light gets oh, in, yeah. and he like cringes away from it, like, "Oh, I haven't been outside in years." Ugh. And so <laughs> he, like, what I've said about it is they they do everything in their power to just cram as much. He's a nerd from like the you know nineteen from like twenty ten and on kind of thing into the character. But they also need him to be the bad guy, so they make him look like a European hitman. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing, actually. Like, if they made this movie just a year later, there would have been at least one scene of Victor riding around on those stupid little, you know, two-wheel oh my God, the hoverboards. Thing, yeah. Just being like, I don't walk because walking's for losers. Well, he was like, you know, in Grandma's Boy, the, the bad guy who was like uh, the, the guy who dressed like Neo, who was kind of like – JD or whatever it was supposed yeah. to be. So the yeah, joke it, character it, that was like him, but and they, but they were trying to play it off as a real, a real guy. Thing, yeah. So in in the first um, rapey moment of this entire movie, <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. The only way that Victor agrees to help on this project is he knows that Doctor Storm's daughter Sue is going to be working on the team with them. Oh my god! It, like it legitimately, it's just he looks at me and goes like is Sue going to be there? And there's just this silence between the two of them. And then smash cuts in the next scene of like, everybody, Victor's going to be joining us. I just pimped out my daughter. Oh, uh, now we got Victor back. That's all it like, took. You have to wonder, like, was his response like, yes. What? Yeah. What was the arrangement made there? <laughs> um, so, all right. So Victor joins onto the team and immediately like the moment the, he first meets Reed. Now, I, as far as I remember, weren't they friends? Yeah, did in they know the- each other? In the in the what? Say that again. In the, comic, in the comic, weren't wasn't Victor Von Doom and Reed Richards like good friends before? The, they've, the, yeah, yes. it's been written where they've been friends. They're kind of like lifelong enemy frenemies. Yeah. Okay. Um. So it's they set it up that in throughout this entire thing, they never really like each other. Like, there's maybe a moment like in the middle there, but outside of that, like 
the entire time you have, you know, Victor sitting there looking at like Reed's design, like, oh, it looks great for, uh, you know, a project that lost out to a volcano built by a seventh grader. <laughs> and like, at which point I, I felt like at least it was a clever enough comeback when Reed's like, no, we got disqualified. You know, the blah, blah, blah came in second place. And I'm like, all right, you could at least hold your own, right. but you apparently don't know how to speak to people outside of this moment. <laughs> I want to I want to interject here too that because I just finished Secret Wars, which just came out, and it's kind of a a, a cap to Reed and Doom's relationship. It's really good. It's by really the way. good. By the way. Nine, the whole uh, series but is good. the essence of their relationship is that they've always kind of had like a healthy respect, yeah. and admiration from it for each other from afar, and that's never touched upon in this. No, not at all. <laughs> is, the entire movie is Doom um, basically feeling like everybody he is working with is inferior to him. Yeah, for no reason, and just though. putting up with the fact that they're there. His motivation is so just – Well, that, that is kind of Doom. He, he does have a su- superiority complex oh, in, the, course, in the comics. Oh, of course. But, but uh, it's, like, it's yeah. like one of those things of like he's, he's sitting there and at one point someone makes a comment about like – you know, Doom says like, "Oh, well, you know, I designed the you know the device we're using," and then like someone makes a, or I think it was Reed even makes the comment of like, "Yeah," and I figured out how to make it work. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like it's it's like you know just this moment of like, "Yeah, well, you're a douche." No, you're a douche. <laughs> <laughs> but they all kind of get all buddy buddy. Uh... So for for the like next twenty minutes, I'll I'll get into what I think has to be my favorite character um, introduction oh, in yes. a long time, and that is Johnny Storm. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, let's and not forget about because uh, because we B. can't have a movie that's just full of a bunch of nerds being nerds. Yeah, we have to have Johnny Storm come in, who is the hot-headed. Hmm. Everyone get that joke? Street racer. Yeah, he does his best fa- uh, Fast and Furious impression. Yes, to start, has right? his own Fast and the Furious introduction. <laughs> but because we can't have everything in this movie be serious, his Fast and the Furious introduction is to show that Johnny Storm apparently is a terrible mechanic. Yeah, the car doesn't fucking work. He, his car shits out on him three times in the middle of his street race to the point where it then skids out and slams into a light pole. <laughs> so we're supposed to believe... That, you know, he spent all this time and all this money working on this car and he still couldn't do it right anyway. Yeah, he's not very good. Uh, not so very he, good he gets picked up at the hospital by his father, Dr. Storm, who I will I will uh, make, mention everyone now. Uh, Dr. Storm is also black. Yes. So it is established in this timeline uh, that the Storm family is a black family that adopted Sue. Now, what what's, I find funny is the fact that, you know, so many people lost their shit when they found out Michael B. Jordan was going to be playing Johnny Storm. Uh, oh, how can you have a black Johnny Storm and blah, 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 blah. So th- apparently this was, I guess, either Trank or Kinsberg's way of re- responding to that, of being like, well, it's not that Johnny Storm is black. It's that Sue is white. Mm-hmm. Right. So, at which point no one cared. Yeah, right? that, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the <laughs> same thing. That doesn't make matter. any difference. Um, so he gets picked up out of the, of the hospital by his father. And at which point his father is, you know, scolding him for street racing with this car and I paid so much money for you to be able to build it and so on and so forth, decides to basically in order to punish Johnny um, for getting into a car accident while street racing, he is going to make it that he's not allowed to have the car back and he will only earn that car back after he comes and works for me. So now this highly sensitive <laughs> quantum physics experiment in interdimension, interdimensional travel is being used as a way of punishing this man's child for breaking the rules. None of this <laughs> makes sense, people. Listen to the words. Like, wh- why would he want 
the kid doesn't want to be there. He's like, you know what? Why don't you help on this? It's a government project that that could blow your punishment project yet. It's not yet. (laughs) Oh, that's right. They could work. Yeah. So at this point, they're bringing him in on this research project that is being funded by whatever college it is. All right. Um, and you're telling me that the board of directors didn't get to have a say as to whether or not his jackass, you know, gearhead son is going to be helping them build this thing. He probably didn't mention that in the last meeting. I'm sure. You yeah. know, what? we'll just uh, we'll leave that part. We got, out. We got other people too. <laughs> we have uh, various uh, people helping with uh, things. <laughs> so he comes in. You know, they're all meeting. Oh, you know, I'm Johnny. I'm Reed. Blah blah blah. Whatever it is, and they all immediately become fast friends. And now we get into the uh, quick montage of them all being friendly with each other because we can't waste dialogue on them actually being friends. We can only just do that shots of them eating Chinese food and laughing. This is when they get all buddy buddy and they're having fun and. they're building it, and he, you know, Reed's sending texts to Ben about like, you know, love you, miss you. I don't know, maybe you're dead. I haven't talked to you in a year. Isn't Ben like in bed, like crying with the co- <laughs> under the covers somewhere? He's just like wandering around the junkyard. Like, I guess that's just his days now as he graduated high school and now he just sits there. That's what I thought too when I saw the scene of them hanging. I'm like, where the fuck is Ben Grimm? He's supposed to be a part of this. At which like, point Jim, does he become moment, a part it, of this? It was, it was the moment when Johnny walks over and, you know, Reed's like, hey, you ever weld before? And Johnny's like, yeah. And all I thought to myself, <laughs> who the fuck is Ben? You know a welder <laughs> and a really good one. I was like, what has he been doing for? Like, what is his, what is his major? I thought he got a full scholarship here. Maybe he was at the art school trolling the art chicks in, like, sculpture <laughs> class with his welding. Well, and the thing is, too, is Ben in the comics has always been Reed's kind of protector. And they got it, they hinted at that in, like, that first scene yeah. with, uh, or when with, they were when the kids. kids. But, yeah, then, when, but that's a very like, slight hint and then nothing yeah, he's else. Like, he's, like, basically telling, like, oh, stop picking on him. Right. And you're like, oh, okay, I get it. You know, he's protective just, of him. They don't even know each other. Just right. the lightest But bit apparently of once they got to know each other, they stopped caring. Developments, <laughs> yeah. Um. So the, finally, the the machine is built, um, and it is now working uh, as far as we know. So they have to test the machine in front of the, uh, the the board of directors. Which first off, they they decide they're going to send a monkey through. Oh right, this monkey was creepy. Which I want to know how much money did they spend on the CGI monkey? <laughs> yeah, because obviously it wasn't enough. <laughs> no, this monkey was very creepy looking. It's very just disturbing. Like yeah. it's like parts of its face moved that shouldn't have. Yeah. yeah. Basically, they shoot a monkey into another dimension and then they bring him back. Now, one of the things that I, I, I was wondering at this point was several occasions in this movie they have brought up the idea that they have sent probes or whatever it is into this other dimension. Right. And now they are getting video feedback to them from them. Right. Now, granted, I don't know a whole lot about quantum physics or, you know, a multidimensional theory or anything like that. But how are they getting video feedback from over there? Through the portal. Uh, like, there is no portal. <laughs> there is no portal. That's a good. It, it legitimately, these video cameras have been shot into what is considered another plane of existence. Yeah, that should not be working R- anymore. Really strong Wi-Fi. Maybe Bluetooth. Yeah, right? Maybe that planet has <laughs> a really good. Bluetooth. No, yeah. That should not. You should not like be Bluetooth, getting a dude. signal easy. from anything. Ever go in your car and use Bluetooth? Same Listen, thing. If you could believe in 1969, <laughs> we got a video feed from the moon. Uh, that same reasoning. <laughs> you had it good enough for me. Yeah, good there you go. All right. So they they go and they they shoot this monkey into another dimension uh, onto Planet X. Oh, that's which, right, Planet X. Or no, Planet Zero is what oh, they yeah. are. Yeah. They called Planet Zero. Can I just right. tell you now? 
that if you're not going to call it the negative zone, yeah. God damn you. Yeah, why? Why? <laughs> why? Why wouldn't they call like, it the negative like, zone? Do you really think Planet Zero sounds better? No, it it, it has it means even it means nothing. Just fucking call exactly. it the negative zone, right? right. So they, they, they send this monkey over onto Planet Zero, and two minutes later they bring it back, and it's perfectly fine. Now, I was waiting. I was waiting for the moment that they were going to bring the pod back. They were like, I think everything's fine, and they just suddenly have like the monkey explode or something. <laughs> that would have been awesome. At least then I would have been like, great, they know there's a danger behind this. Right. But nope, no, nope. the first test they ever run works perfect. Everything's great. Uh, yeah. Real quick on that Planet Zero point, that's the way to make things grounded. You just change the name. That's how you make Fantastic Four ground. Oh, that makes it more realistic. You know what? Give it a different name. Yeah. Now it's real. Now I can buy now, into now this. Now I buy into this universe. I, I am 100% into this story. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and can I tell you, all of the, all of the self-referential shit they did throughout this movie, where they just made fun of the comic book, basically. Mm-hmm. Like there is the moment where they're they're first watching the video feed from the other dimension, and uh, Doctor Storm is making comments about like, oh, this could be the the answer to all of our questions that we never even know how to ask yet, and it could it could solve our resource problems and so on and so forth. And then suddenly Victor starts going off on this whole thing of like, well, the people who run the planet are the people destroying it. Maybe they don't deserve to be saved, and so on and so forth. And then Sue just looks at me and goes, hmm, Dr. Doom over here. Oh, my God. Oh, that's yeah. the worst fucking line. I, I, see, I had severe uh, – my eyes rolled back so hard into the back of my head. I hurt myself. That's the drugs, Imran. It All might have I been the drugs also. But like, okay, this would have made sense in the script back when they still were calling him, you know, Victor Doofenshmirtz or whatever. Exactly. That's what it was meant. Uh, and that was, yeah, exactly. It was meant to be that, oh, well, you know, they gave him that, that nickname wink. because yeah. he's such a negative person or whatever. But, like, his name is Von I, Doom. I, so he just ends up calling him his own last so name. Too, Dr. Doom over here. I'm surprised, like, if they, they should have just had a moment where he goes, it's Von Doom. Uh, that's my fucking name. What's what's the matter with you? Yeah, you would just be like, yeah. That, exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Your point? All the stuff outside of that, like the fact that, you know, uh, to, to skip over the rest of the movie and just get to a quick you know, moment at the end. The, the moment at the end where they're trying to think of, oh, what are they going to call themselves as a team? Oh, yeah. And, you know, they're coming up with all the stupid things like, oh, how about the human torch and the torchettes and so on and so forth. Um, and they're like, they're like, oh, yeah. And they, they, they apparently get the name of Fantastic Four because Ben's just like, this is all fantastic. And somehow that just that catches with Reed like, huh. Fantastic. That's a word I don't send to hear a whole lot, I guess. <laughs> and like they don't even say it. He's like, guys, I got the name for the team. And then it's just bam, smash cut to the Fantastic Four title card. You mean Fantastic? Fantastic. Fantastic. So anyway, all right. So to, to back up where we were, um, they send the monkey through. Everything's great. So now the board of directors is like, well, now we're going to have to get on the phone with NASA and get a bunch of astronauts in here to go do the first uh, launch of humans oh, in. Yeah. And so everyone's now getting all pissed, like, well, I thought we were going to be the first people to go through. And the, the fact that they all thought that. <laughs> supposed to be like the smartest people in this room. And you assume that they're going to take the people who built this machine, the people who know how to run it best, and they're just going to shoot them into another dimension. Uh, and yeah. maybe hopefully they'll be able to come back because like. No, it's just delusional. There, there's Ignorant. no way that they're going to let you be the one to test it. Uh, right. Yeah. That's so, you know, of course, Dr. Storm goes running off. Oh, I won't let this rest. I'm going to go fight for you guys. 
And they all decide, you know, they're a little defeated. You know, what are we going to do? There's only really one way to deal with this. They all get drunk. Yes, of course. I yes. remember this. Let's yep. drink. Doom, Doom reveals that he's carrying around a flask on him. And he Grim, decides, Ben is with them at this point? No. Is he still not with them? Okay. <laughs> okay no ben is still Doom not is with them. Okay. get phone call. <laughs> um, so they all, they all get drunk and they're going on, you know, Doom goes on this whole tirade of, oh, no one knows the name of the guy who built the shuttle, but everyone knows who uh, Neil Armstrong is. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, Sue's not with Sue's them. Sue's not there either. It's the, she, it's the bros, right? Just wherever. Yeah. So and it's the three bro. bros hanging out right now. Yeah, so it's the, it's the three amigos chilling out, deciding, you know, well, you know what? Let, we're just going to do it ourselves right now. We're, let's just gonna, we're going to go. We're going to go do that. So they drunkenly decide they're going to go play with, you know, millions of dollars yeah. of science so equipment. Um, <laughs> Remember, we pointed it, this out too. Decides, you know also. what? No, we need a fourth. And so he rings up his good old buddy, Ben. Um, they need a fourth ben, because there's just four pods, right? That's yes. that's really it. Can I just mention how confusing this whole scene for me was? Because I was like, there's four pods, but there's five of them. So what's going? Someone exactly is not going to make it. I was like, it maybe. And then I was like, wait, maybe there's five pods, and I just don't see them. But I'm like, no, I was like, I thought they built it with four pods, yeah. but I like they're but, all going to have to go. Yeah, what's I'm like, what's going on here? How could they all go? There's only four pods. And that was the other thing is I was I was like, well, if it's going to be the three of them and and Sue, what, like what the hell happens to Ben? Right. Yeah. That's, Someone right. is getting left out. Yeah, and, just, you're, and you're just doing the math. I was Wait like, a minute. What the fuck is going on? So what? Assume what we can assume is like two, three in the morning, something like that. Um, Reed drunk dials Ben, who is asleep back at his um, family salvage. Avery salvage yard. <laughs> yeah, he's asleep back out in uh, Manitowoc County, Wisconsin, <laughs> next to Brendan Dassey, <laughs> and he oh, he gets the call, and they're they're sitting there, and it's uh you know he, he's like oh Ben. Ben, uh, we're gonna go. We're gonna test out the machine, and I said we couldn't go without you because you know you helped me build the first one. And then if it wasn't for you, it's, and of course Ben's first reaction is, "Are you drunk?" <laughs> because you know Ben apparently is the only one who has a head on his shoulders. Right. At this, uh, he was a jackass about thirty minutes ago, though. <laughs> um. So that was Ben. ben I'd have been pissed. I'd be like, "Thanks for finally thinking of me, yeah, dick." It's like, oh, dude, we're gonna go to another dimension, and I want you to go with us. It's fucking three in the morning. You're gonna like, call me yesterday. Can we do this tomorrow? Yeah, really. <laughs> so he he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there in a minute. So however far away he lives. Yeah, he gets there. He gets there. It's still dark out. So he's apparently within like a couple hours drive, I guess. Yeah, where is this? Uh, <laughs> and apparently they're all still drunk enough that they decide this is a good idea, um, which means it's very obvious that they're all lightweights because it was only one flask. I know. How <laughs> much are they drinking that they're still drunk and Ben drives over? But I guess at the same time, it's God knows what the hell Victor had in there. It could have been like 141, and they're That's all true. like just on the, the verge of blackout drunk at this point. Everclear. Yeah. He likes Everclear. <laughs> well, they, 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 it's obvious Reed probably never drank in his life. Well, he's oh, lightweight. No, he, he even makes a comment of like, oh, ethanol kills brain cells. <laughs> and it's like, again, smash cut to him drinking out of the flask. It's like, oh, man. <laughs> Like this, this whole like you know, I say one thing and do another gag is really paying off. Uh. <laughs> um, so they, Ben gets there. They all decide they're going to suit up. They're going to go. You know, Ben doesn't have a single word of warning, or you know, he doesn't even try to be like a voice of reason. Nope. He's just like, yeah, I'm a hundred percent in on this. I don't <laughs> even care what's happening right now because well, that's how things work. Usually, when there's three drunk guys and they call their sober friend, the sober guy so immediately cool. buys into Always. what the drunk guy is saying. Do you're making a lot of sense. <laughs> um, and I say we do this right now. 
Yeah, we because you know the best time to to work all of this equipment is gonna be when you're shit faced. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's as if they wrote Ben to be either be um extremely naive or just have the intelligence of like the iq of like under 70 at this point like legitimately he is like a fucking child entire movie yeah um so he he agrees they all get suited up they somehow rig up the machine to remotely launch them into the other dimension how are you controlling there's no no one else there's no one's there now once they launch themselves into the other dimension in the machine um, Sue is, is working in one of the other labs with her headphones on because she is the most antisocial person. <laughs> she really is. She's oblivious. And everything. this is also probably in the middle of the night as well, right? Yeah, like yeah. at like four in the morning yeah. because, you know, nerds don't sleep. They've always got to be doing science. <laughs> science um, time, fellas. So she uh-huh. she then, you know, one of the screens, I guess, flashes a warning that the machine is launching because off, yeah. the, just in case somebody in the other half of the, uh, the the lab needs to be warned at some point of like, oh, by the way, interdimensional travel in progress. Yeah, isn't anybody monitoring this fucking thing? Anybody yeah, like another? Everybody's gone. Like they're the, they're the only five fucking people in this I building so. besides the one security guard in the lobby. Yeah. Who lets Ben in because Reed, a freshman at this college, just shows up and goes, no, that's cool. He's with me. <laughs> that guy's useless. The guy's like, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, have a good night, Mr. Richards. He could have uh, um, stopped this whole thing. <laughs> the security guard. Uh, I guarantee you he lost his job. <laughs> <laughs> so they launch into the other dimension and they wind up on Planet Zero. And the, the thing about Planet Zero is – it is the most unimpressive CGI world I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Yeah, very bland. Just, it's all like pointy rock mountains like Vulcan with yeah. like a purple sky and just weird rivers of green oh, energy. Yeah. Green, Which but, they changed the color of, didn't they? Yeah, it was supposed to be red from the trailers apparently. Oh, really? Yeah, and then for some reason they made it green. Well, they, they just, made it they Nickelodeon green. Uh, uh, yeah, slime. Yeah, they yeah. just did a random palette swap on it. Yeah, um, very. Yeah, because well, green is mi- vibrant. It shows that the planet's but, alive. But I think what it is, <laughs> is they probably thought to themselves like, "Oh, red energy it seems evil automatically. Green seems pretty neutral, I guess." Or I think they thought green means like tech or like cyber technology or yeah, some I'm shit. Blue at that point, but you know that's just me. Yeah. <laughs> or blue. Well, yeah, the, but- the planets. It's, they're implying like the planet's alive, right? Yeah, that yeah. it's 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 like teeming with this this energy source. They 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 go and they decide they're going to plant the American flag in the ground <laughs> um, on planet Dr- drunkenly, drunkenly. Yeah, drunkenly just jam this flag into the ground. Um, in doing so, causes like the ground to split open. Yeah, that was not smart. And like, oh, well, that's fine. You know, no one has to worry about that. <laughs> so then they notice that all of this green energy that's under the ground and is in the rivers and whatever is all converging at one spot, what looks to be about a mile away, maybe two at the bottom of this cliff. So they decide, as they have all night drunkenly, that they should go investigate this. <laughs> Uh, so immediately they're breaking out rock climbing gear that they just happen to have with them. I guess with maybe part of their environmental suits that so, uh, Sue made for them. Uh, I, I can't really tell. And you. no one objects, right? Ben doesn't even object. No, like, like ben, Ben's just like, no, okay. <laughs> be like, yeah. oh, hey guys, there, there's, I don't there's, think there's literally is- the guy that's supposed to be the voice of reason because he's completely sober. Is like, yep, let's do it. It's, and all you can think is like, I feel like his outlook is like, well, I mean, you guys are the scientists. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Why I, when I'm sober and my friends are drunk, I follow what they do. Guys, I think we should stay close no, to the pods, maybe. 
I just I feel like I don't want them to not like me, you know. Like, <laughs> like okay, I'm, you're so so um, Johnny decides, you know, uh, I'm not going to go climbing down a mountain. Yeah, and decides he'll just you know hang up out by you hang out you know up by the uh, the the transportation pod. So Ben Reed and uh, Victor all decide to go climbing down. Apparently, they are all. Uh, trained rock climbers. <laughs> they know exactly Which, how to uh, put there's the. Never been a moment during their quick wow. montage of anything to hint that they know what they're doing. I think they practiced at the local like sporting goods store yeah, like, and the like rock climbing wall. Gone, they had to gone to the gym at some point. The gym might have had a rock wall. Yeah, maybe a dick sporting goods. And they just, yeah. just sneak I, in drunkenly and I do it. Get the rock wall once. That's fine. We'll figure this so out. They they, they they climb down. They let me tell you though from experience that I've tried. This shit's like, hard. It's very fucking hard. <laughs> this is not something you can just do your first time. Climb down a fucking sheer like cliff face. Yeah, like it's not even built for you to climb. It's not like a rock wall at right. the gym. Yeah. You have to find handholds. Yeah. You have to anchor yourself into the wall. Like this is – you don't just learn this on the fly. <laughs> so they get down and they go – they apparently make the two-mile trek in a matter of five minutes because, I mean, it's another dimension. Maybe that's fine. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so they get there. They're, they're looking at it. They've got scanners with them because apparently you know, they knew as the away team from the uh, USS Enterprise they were going to need to go scanning things. And and Reed's reading off all of these readings about, you know, oh, it's like an immense, you know, uh, uh, energy source that's like constantly replenishing. You know, this could solve all of the energy problems we have in the world. And Victor decides the best thing he could do is just put his hand in it. <laughs> he does. He just shoves so his he hand just, in he it. Just dunks <laughs> elbow into the stuff. Doesn't he taste it? No, he doesn't taste <laughs> it. But, but he, he, just, he just decides, you know what? I'm just going to put it in there. And – Immediately, the planet starts just shaking apart. So now cracks are coming through the, the, the mountainside and through the, the ground and, you know, volcanoes of green energy are everywhere. So now we have to have what is honestly one of the most interesting moments of this movie is them running for their lives, then climbing up a mountain for their lives to try and get back to the pod and get back to their dimension before this entire place shakes apart and they all die. Now, this scene is actually very well done. It's like it is yeah. very intense, very high-octane kind of action. Like the sound design, the music, everything just honestly works in its favor. Hmm. Until you get to the point where they're climbing up the mountain, and then suddenly just this huge splash of green energy comes up and just falls and rains down on top of Victor. And suddenly it is burning him like acid. Now he this is this is the same green energy that not two minutes ago he was elbow deep in and perfect. <laughs> That's a good point. Now <laughs> it is acid. Yeah. Now the now the energy's angry. It's green acid. Yeah. Yeah. Now the planet's mad at them. So it, obviously, you see, second rapey thing of the entire movie is the victor just decides to go right for the gold. Um and now it's fighting back. So he, he winds up falling off the side of the mountain as his suit is melting on top of him and he's screaming. And it's really kind of disturbing. Yes, I remember um, that. And yeah. they're all running back to the pod. Now, th- of course, you know, some might be like, well, they didn't even try and save Victor. Well, they really couldn't. No, fuck um, that. Get the fuck out of that, there. That's that straight up just you save yourself and maybe come back later. Yeah. So they get back to the pod, and as they're trying to get it to work, Sue is now in the uh, the the main chamber of the lab trying to work the remote control to have it come back. And right. apparently the, the pod isn't working because why would it? They're in danger. Now, I'm going to interject just real quick here. So Sue is, Sue is not there. 
just take that in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> One of the members of the Fantastic Four is not in this situation no where they're going to get their powers. What's going on? <laughs> so now now we're having these quick cuts of people like, oh, my God, you know, Bob, you know Ben's door won't close yeah, all the way. And yeah. all these rocks are just shooting into his pod. Hint, hint. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, Sue's trying so hard to get the pod to come back, but it's not working. And Johnny's, oh, Sue, override the remote, override the remote. And then suddenly the, the glass for his cracks open and suddenly he catches fire. Hint, hint. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, and then the pod comes back. And when it comes back, the it causes this, you know, force explosion when it hits the ground that throws Sue 20 feet across the, the, the lab. Hint, hint. Um, and apparently, like, the lab just collapsed on itself when this happened. That's when I yelled out, oh, that's how she gets her powers. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? So then the, we have this quick moment where uh, Reed comes to in the middle of the rubble of the entire lab and he's hearing Ben calling Leo, Reed, help me or whatever. And so he's, he's crawling across the floor to get to him and he's trying and trying and trying. And as he gets there, he suddenly realizes something's a little off. And he looks back and his legs are pinned under a girder and they have stretched like a hundred feet out behind him. This part was actually pretty uh, this, horrific. This whole thing Honestly, was getting very – yeah, it was very uh, horror side. Yeah. The whole section of them getting their powers, like the moment that Johnny lights on fire and yeah. starts screaming for his yeah. life yeah. is all fucking terrifying. Yeah, right? all that shit is done pretty well because you're, you're shaking after that. It's, it's, I don't know if it's done well, but the tone is – the tone it's for the, me is strange. The tone, the tone is, is just – it's so jarring. Yeah. yeah. Because for – especially for what you know of the superhero movies of today where it's all – like you know i got my powers because i'm iron man whatever it is right like this this was a devastating accident yeah right that ruined at, 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 at this point it looks like they're all their lives are ruined it's like yeah essentially ruined all of their lives right. so we fade to black now i do mention to everyone at this point we are halfway <laughs> <laughs> i noticed that as well while i was uh enjoying loosely i use that the word loosely this movie just got their powers yeah yeah and we are halfway through the movie. Yeah. And, the movie's and it's 100 only minutes. been 45 minutes. Yeah, the movie's 100 minutes. And I'm like, what the fuck, dude? There's only half of this left. This just happened now? Yeah. yeah you no, know, it's, it's not like, oh, you know, wow, it's been so long and we're only halfway through. No, it's been 45 minutes. They have their powers. And there's only 45 minutes left in this movie. But at this pace, you're like, this should be like a three-hour movie right here. Exactly. Like it's 45 minutes to get to this point. Like this movie has to be two and a half hours. Yeah, more to hours. Really get yeah. into anything. Yeah. I, I think at this point too is when I realized was in hindsight realized. All right, the second half of this movie, it becomes a totally different movie than the first half of this movie. Did you see that coming though? Like <laughs> no, no, not this time. But then I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. That was a delineation point when the tone totally shifted to something different. So now we in, as we get into the second half and we get into this huge tonal shift. The, the four of them are being held by the government right. in what I am assuming amounts to, like, Area 51. Yeah, somewhere underground, right? Somewhere underground, uh, out in wherever, and they're being held there. And now we get to see the extent of the the damage of what happened to all of them. Reed, Reed is laying in what, uh, what looks like a, an interrogation slash operation room. 
And he is strapped down to a table as well as his arms and legs, which are all stretched out at about a hundred feet each. Like yeah. he looks like the stretch Armstrong after you had all that weird gel yeah. out of his body. It's freaky looking. It's freaky looking. And so he's laying there and he's looking and he's like, Oh my god, please somebody help me. And again, you know, this this is totally just very disturbing. Yeah. Right. Like so he's he's there. Uh, Doctor Storm is there talking to. Uh, for some reason, the guy who is like the head of the board of directors is like in charge of all of this, and is telling him about how Sue, you know, she can't seem to control the fact that her body is phasing out of the visible spectrum. And honestly, it's funny because you get to watch him stare intently at what is very obviously just an empty chair. <laughs> Just like he is trying so hard to act at that chair. Just, oh, I'm so devastated that this happened. <laughs> is that how businesses are usually structured, though, where the head of the board of directors gets to like just come in and just gets take to over? gets to be the liaison between the government and you? I've never seen that on like Undercover Boss or Shark Tank or any of those <laughs> right. shows. Um, and we get to see the extent of you know Johnny is constantly on fire. And honestly, the visual effects that they did for for him being the Human Torch were decent enough. Okay, like yeah, you, I agree. you get the concept. You can you can still see Michael B. Jordan through all the flame and everything like that. They did yeah. a good job. Yeah, I, I, job I thought that, that looked really good. Yeah. I thought it was good. And then we we don't really see anything of Ben until Reed uh, escapes his bonds and is now uh, worm crawling his way through the air ducts. Yeah. By which I mean he is legitimately stretching his arms out, grabbing onto grates, and then pulling all of his body up with it. Which yeah. honestly, it's probably how he would do it. Um, that CGI though looked really not very was, good. They, they obviously had to do a lot of weird camera angles to hide the fact that they couldn't yeah. actually do the CGI for this. Yeah, that's always. Um, I mean, it's always going to be a weird thing. That's a hard powers. power to show. Cool. I was say, Reed Richards is never going to not look weird. No, because it's a goofy fucking power. It's a goofy power. You know, you set. It's hard to make yeah. that work sometimes. All, so, all the time. All all, the time. I mean, all even in comics, it looks weird. Yeah. 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 Um, so he. He finds Ben, discovers that Ben is now a giant rock monster, and is saying, you know, oh, Reed, help me. We got to help me fix me, it's blah, 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 blah. And then suddenly, you know, the government realizes, oh, God, Reed's escaped. And now, you know, they're at DEFCON 1, and people with guns are running around the hallways. So Reed Shawshanks his way out through the air tanks <laughs> and books it out into the, the, the desert or the forest or wherever the hell he was. So now we get into the one year later. What kind of character is this, Reed? You just fucking left your friends, you asshole. He's like, oh, well, well he's, he's, uh, oh, oh, I'll come back for you. I swear. I'm so sorry. Ugh. While while Ben is like crying to yeah. him, like, don't fucking leave me. Yeah, that, that yeah. scene was also totally disturbing, too. Yeah. It's, it's, you can tell Ben's in a lot of pain. I mean, he's a Reed. horrific monster. Well, you don't know that he's a monster. You just know he's covered oh, in these hear rocks. It. Yeah. You just hear the pain in his voice. But, so he like, and that's the thing is he has no idea. Like, is Ben in constant pain from having these rocks? Like, I guess attached to him or whatever it is. Oh, I don't know. I gotta leave. I'm out. <laughs> Fuck this so shit. He, yeah. he bounces out and just runs. Yeah. Well, told, I mean, they're supposed to be best friends, but at this point in the movie, they never really hang out. They so have, maybe that's no. within like, character for Reed. Yeah. I was gonna say they haven't been best friends for like a year and a half now. Yeah. <laughs> they don't talk anymore. Um. So <laughs> Reed runs off, and now we get to our one year later, yeah. and this is definitely where the tone just completely takes a one eighty. Yeah. So now the government is claims to you know Ben, Sue, and Johnny that they're trying to help them you know figure out how to to you know cure the, their their powers. Um. Meanwhile, uh, Ben is now working as a living weapon for the military. 
They have made a deal with him that they will help cure him if he, you know, basically just does whatever they want. Smashes tanks around. And we get this whole entire exposition-y montage from the board of directors guy apparently presenting this to the military. (laughs) And he is telling them, you know, basically we're getting glimpses of video footage of Ben out in the field ripping apart trucks and getting shot at and just beating the crap out of people. Meanwhile, you know, they've got Johnny is learning how to fly with his fire powers. They're talking about we've built suits to try and find ways to to help them, you know, control their powers. And Sue is building shields and, you know, knocking shipping containers around and wearing half sleeves and whatever else. That's basically all she does. <laughs> Oh, well, this, well, this is also the, the point where because you, you're making you have to make the movie grounded and realistic. So the government's obviously bad, bad yeah, so people. The government is bad. They just want they want these powers for themselves right. to do whatever they want with. Why the fuck are these so, people? I'm working with them. I was, <laughs> this made me so angry because I was like, you skipped over like when they learn how to use their powers. Yeah, the best so, so part of a superhero like, okay, movie. They get their powers a year later. They have their powers. They know how to use them. Great. Oh. So <laughs> you skip over the part the, the most fun part <laughs> the of most, most superhero. Part is, if you're gonna do an origin story, you, that's the most fun part. Legitimately, you know? it's like two minutes of just a guy telling you, "Oh, we help them learn how to use their powers." Oh, so. <laughs> But I was so mad. So now, now Johnny wants to be a superhero. Ben is just this tortured soul who is, you know, being used and abused by the government to do what they want. And Sue is the the, the brooding one who's like, "Oh, we need to learn how to how to cure ourselves. Uh, we, we can't trust anybody. They're all, they're just trying to use us." And meanwhile, Doctor Storm is allowed to just kind of wander around and do what he wants. <laughs> like just just appears out of nowhere, just randomly talking. Like we got to get. We got to get Reed back. He uh, has to. Yeah. We need him to learn to get back to the other dimension and cure your, you of your 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 you know differences or whatever. So we find out that apparently Reed has been on the run, Bruce Bannering his way around the country. Yeah, because <laughs> when you think of Reed Richards, you think of Bruce Banner, right? Very exactly. Much, you think yes. scientist with superpowers. It's got to be the same guy. Same guy. Ron so he's he's apparently living down in South America, uh, <laughs> like Bruce Banner. Like Bruce. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, steal, you know, buying bits and pieces from various shops to build his uh, machine, like Bruce Banner. <laughs> he changed his name to Reed Richardson, just yeah, to he's, throw he's, people he's, off. He's, he's, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm Richard Reedson. <laughs> I'm Richard Reedson. Uh, you're looking for somebody else. So he's apparently, I guess, trying to build his own version of the dimensional uh, transport, uh, the dimensional gate, I think they refer to it at one point. Yeah. A stargate, if you will. Oh, boy. <laughs> Does he want to go back and save Victor and cure himself? It- they don't ever really explain. Oh, that. yeah. That's what I. That's what I'm assuming. Okay. Is he wants to go back and figure it out. You assume own. he's. He wants to either go back and try and get Victor, or he wants to go back and see if he can figure it out his own way on how to cure himself and the others. They don't really give him a motive. They just show you that's what he's building. Oh, by the way, he also apparently has built um, like uh, radar sensors to tell him when the government's coming for him. Oh yeah. Oh, he's got little. Because things. by the way, the government's coming for him. Right. So. <laughs> 
uh, they at one point are commenting on how they've they've seen him here and there, and they've you know he's been spotted all over the country and all over the planet basically, but they can't find a pattern. Oh, if only they knew somebody whose thing was pattern. Oh God, <laughs> I forgot about that shit. And so they they have Sue sit down and basically sift through all the information they have about knowing where he is and how he's getting his info and whatever, and she finds out that he's apparently been hacking into their systems under the name Doctor or under the name Captain Nemo. Because they talked about um, oh Jules yeah Jules Verne that, oh, that yeah. one scene that was that same. No, I get it. That's clever enough, but it's not for the movie you're making. You're trying too hard. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so she basically tells him like, "Oh, I got it. He's down in Nicaragua or wherever the hell he's hiding out." Yeah. And so they sick Ben on him. But not only do they sick Ben on him, they sick Ben and a team of like five or six like spec ops guys yeah. on him. Yeah. And so they have this, what you would assume would be like this awesome set piece of Ben versus Reed and, you know, the two friends facing off against each other. And instead, it's like Reed knocks out like six highly trained spec ops guys. Like just, oh, dodged your bullet, dodged your bullet, punched you in the face. You're unconscious now. We have never in our lives had any moment where we've learned that Reed Richards knows how to defend himself. Well, yeah. it's been a year, and he knows how to use he, his powers uh, very I was well. Say, we're only just assuming that because it's been a year, he knows how to use his powers well. Don't he, we also get to that Reed can change how he looks? That is the stupidest. That is the stupidest thing. His face to look like a half Asian version. That of is him. the stupidest use. I, but and I could be wrong. I don't think he ever fucking does that in the comic book. I've never heard of a moment where he has done that before. But it's ridiculous i will i will say that while it's a little out of left field it's honestly it's new and it's different and that's good enough for me like it's you would say to yourself like "Eh, it fits well enough yeah okay fair enough i'd be like we should be doing that all the time then but at least like because at the same time i was like wait is that supposed to be yeah that's supposed to be be him yeah yeah i did the Um, same thing (laughs) oh it's not the most genius thing they've ever done but i'll buy it okay (laughs) So yeah, you're, so, you're, 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 you're expecting this awesome fight. Yeah. So the, the, the guys come in and you're thinking like, oh, okay. And I'm honestly, I'm thinking of things like Incredible Hulk when they had the whole bit with him, you know, outrunning the, the government agency in um, Rio. Yeah. Or even, or even fucking like Fast Five when they're outrunning the Rock and his crew right. in Rio. Or like the, you mean the Eric Vanna Hulk when through the desert with the? No, the, no, he's talking about Incredible oh, Hulk. Oh, in the, Rio. In, yeah, in, in, in the, the, in the, in yeah. the like Coke factory or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah, when he winds up bleeding in the soda. Yeah. Well, like you, like you know, you see that. You remember when Reed like would wrap himself around Ben or Hulks, or you, you maybe you're gonna see some of that. Something cool. Even outside of that, I was thinking maybe it'll be a great chase scene. Yeah. So now uh, this dude who could stretch his body and a fucking human tank chasing after him through some random ghetto in a you know South American city. Yeah, that would be awesome. Right in the middle of what looks like a redwood forest. Yeah. 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 <laughs> is, I, I remember true. seeing that too. It's a redwood forest. I'm it like, is. are they in California? Yeah. It's like, right, yeah. So. so <laughs> hiding out in northern california south america (laughs) (laughs) and so legitimately it's he's running through the woods because his little radar went off and said oh the government's coming et run (laughs) um and so he's running through the forest out of nowhere there's no helicopters no planes you just suddenly have soldiers just rope you know speed zip lining down out of the trees basically in a circle around him (laughs) he he knocks them all unconscious fairly easily and then suddenly Ben's there and like, you know, they, they airdropped Ben in. We don't see him airdrop in. There's just like a rattling sound and then Ben's standing there. Yep. And so he basically turns around like, Ben, 
Ben, I'm so sorry. Ben punches him in the face, and that's the end of the fight. Yeah, he just, he just knocks it. I thought he headbutted him. He just, just punches so him. So you, you had all this set up to a, a, a potentially great or a like, good fight scene. Such a huge moment in this movie right. is a one-punch knockout. <laughs> So, so now we have this quick character moment between the two of them on the plane heading back to the research base where Ben is basically telling Reed he hates him. <laughs> He's like, oh, you know, we, we used to be best friends. We're not friends anymore because you ruined my life. What are your thoughts on uh, Ben's look at this point? Because now you're getting to see him in this movie. I, honestly, I don't hate it. Okay, good. He doesn't have um, pants or anything. It, it, I think they did a good enough job. It, it's a little odd to have him just running around naked, but yeah. you know what? It's not, he's not like dick swinging. Right. So. <laughs> there was nothing there. I like the way I like the. I way didn't mind he his look. look either. I and that's the thing is I had said you know if you're gonna do Fantastic Four you got to do a CGI thing yeah. because trying to go for another Michael Chiklis and makeup was going to be a disaster. Right. Because you know and on the drawn page like having the rock look like an arm works. But it doesn't work in live action. No. The rock's just going to look like rock. It's going to look like fun. Uneven. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So on the ride back, you know, Ben's basically telling Reed, you know, you're an asshole. I hate you. You've ruined my life and you can go fuck yourself. And Reed's just sitting there like, mm-hmm, fair enough. And they get back to the research base. And dicks. yeah, they get back. Uh, basically, the government just kind of is like, hey, um, don't run off again. <laughs> We need you to help us build this machine so we could go back to the other planet. And Reed's like, all right. And that's it. That's it. <laughs> it's like he's not under arrest. It's not like he's not being like forced to work on it. He was like, yeah, all right, fine. I guess I'll help you guys well, out. Well, because he was building his own machine. So he's like, he oh, wait, own. we were, were doing the same thing? That makes yeah, sense. It, it, <laughs> he had to have known they were doing the same thing. He kept hacking into their computers. <laughs> this movie is just but a like, string of weird decisions from characters. The fact, the fact that they caught him, he's like, ah, oh, fine. You right, got yeah, I'm, Okay, I'll work with you. I, you know, I, I just wasted a year of everybody's time. When he could just slip out the fucking air vent again anytime he wants to so they they find it they build the machine it's a whole brand new you know high-tech 2.0 transportation device and there's even a moment where like reed looks at it and he makes a comment of like oh they made you ugly <laughs> i'm like we don't even need that <laughs> i get it oh it's all utilitarian and government built i hate it like you get it you get back in the pod nerd <laughs> So they, they travel back over to Planet Zero. And this time and they are sending them. They Before they go, you know, Franklin and Franklin, you know, Dr. Storm has this whole confrontation with Johnny of basically being like, uh, you know, you can't trust them, Johnny. They're going to use you and they're going to use your powers. And Johnny basically being like, you never believed in me, Dad. Well, now I'm going to be a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> This is definitely uh, writing by committee at this point, right. this movie. So they they send the team over to Planet Zero, and it's not any of the people who built it. This time they legitimately send over, like, their astronaut team. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, and why, but what were they looking for? Why were they sending them back? They were sending them back over just because that was what they wanted to do, I assume. <laughs> for like no they, reason. They basically, like, they had said, like, well, it worked, and we got people over there. It's just we need to build it again. We needed, yeah. They wanted, okay. they wanted to send their own team. It okay. sounds like from whatever. I remember. In sending the team, the first thing they come across is Victor Von Doom. Of course, huge who planet. Has been living on Planet Zero for a year by himself. 
Yeah, you just did. happens upon them within 10 seconds yeah, of them. He, he would be there, right? He'd be at that spot. <laughs> he knew exactly where they were going. <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's, I don't even think it's the same damn spot they landed the last time. <laughs> so it's like he's, it's just like he's sitting there and also like here's like, you know, a crack of thunder. He's like, well, that's a pod. I'm going to go there. It comes walking up and it's this, this moment of him doing like this walking against the wind thing. Yeah. He's wearing a cowl that came from nowhere. That's oh yeah, we pointed. This that is the you. most. Uh, the minute I saw him, I just I think I raised my hand. I was like, like "Where he, the fuck did he get that he cowl has, and shroud he, from?" He has spent his year sewing together a fucking cape and hood out of whatever. Uh, either that, or there's a Salvation Army somewhere on the fucking planet. Like, yeah, where did and, you get this fabric from, dude? At first, I thought to myself, I was like, well, maybe that's like the remnants of his, of his space suit or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Until they bring him back from the other dimension. And the doctors are all doing their exp- their their tests and their, 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 you know, whatever on him. And one of them comments on the fact that his space suit has fused to his body because of the energy from Planet Zero. So that means that the, the 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 cowl legitimately is not something he brought with him. Where does the fabric come from? I'm dying to know. Somebody tell me. So now we get into what is probably the most promising and the most frustrating part of this movie. Is we now have our villain back. We now have all four of our team members together. And we now have 15 minutes left in the movie. (laughs) We've only been in like two locations for the majority of this movie. We've legitimately been to two places (laughs) in a matter of 30 minutes. So now you're – as a viewer, you're like, oh, this isn't going to end out well. There's only 15 minutes left. On this point, I don't know that there's 15 minutes left. I I didn't look at the runtime, so I'm like, all right, we got some time here. Let's see what's going to happen. Now it'll pick up. We're now getting to what should either be the midpoint or should be the beginning of the third act of a movie. Right. And we have 10 minutes left. I, see, in this, I was like, I don't even think there was a second act. Like, it was all yeah, just was first act no, and third it, act. No, it, there wasn't. And we'll, no. the, the second act was that one year later. You just didn't see it. That was it. Yeah. They, they <laughs> yeah, the removed second, the, the second, second act. act was everything that we got told that would happen. Right. All right. Um, so now Victor is back and he is basically telling everybody um, – don't go to planet zero because planet zero kept me alive for a year with all of the energy and whatever. And I didn't need food and I didn't need water and blah, 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 blah. And he basically just decides, fuck y'all. I'm going back. Uh, so he, he basically gets up off of his little, you know, like hospital bed and they're like, Oh no, Victor, you can't do that. And he just looks at the three people in the room and makes all three of their heads explode. Okay, that was. Oh, shit. I was like, oh boy, scanner it style. Is, it is fucking disturbing. It is disturbing. It's very. It's at this point in the movie, I'm thinking this is kind of. It is disturbing, but I'm like, it's kind of a cool power, but it's also again tonally like, whoa, another shit. Dark turn. Because immediately the first thing I thought was, when the hell did Doctor Doom ever do that? Yeah, yeah. Yes, that's not yeah. even. That's not his style, dude. He basically like the, the 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 dude who was like the the you know the head of the board of directors, the guy who's been like basically the closest thing we've had to an antagonist through this entire movie. Is this Tim is, Blake Nelson's character? I think so. Yeah. yeah, is is talking to him, and then suddenly he just stops, and like his eyes bulge, and his skin starts like turning red or whatever. Yeah. And then there's just a, a splatter of blood on the inside of his uh, hazmat suit. And I'm like, oh god. That's oh okay. I see what happened there. <laughs> <laughs> but Doom has never so, had powers like that. 
They no, never they, explained like, what his powers are. That's the thing. It's like, it's like they, they build like, okay, so here's the villain. And he just came back from the, the, the same place where they all got their powers. And we get one's made of rocks and one turns invisible. One turns into fire. One can stretch. And he can just murder. Yeah, he just <laughs> – he's got like Jedi Force powers now. He's like just what the fuck straight is up brain murder. Yeah. <laughs> so he can brain murder. Right. Brain so, murder. Yeah, his power is brain murder. Um, <laughs> and so he, he gets out of the room and now it's like – again, it's like they've just been attacked by aliens because there's fucking red lights flashing in the hallway and armed guards rushing in and so on and so forth. Uh, they go they go and they're firing all of their you know, all of them are firing volleys of bullets at Doom and he just neos at them and they all yeah. stop in midair and fall to the floor. Isn't he like walking through hallways just exploding brains yeah. at this yeah, point? He's, just like, he's <laughs> like just walking down the hallway and your head explodes and your head explodes. <laughs> and <laughs> He's having a blast. <laughs> yeah, he's just like he's he's out of fucking field trip at this yeah. point. Yeah. And so now, like, the team is, like, the team's not even around. Yeah, how the fuck does he even up. know he could do that, though? Like, has, who, what has he been who, practicing on? Who has on? he practiced this on? <laughs> Obviously, whoever had the cowl. Like, why didn't, like, an arm explode by accident? Be like, oh, wait, that's not right. <laughs> that's uh, not uh, right let me try spot. this again. Oh, damn, all right, I got to aim better. <laughs> um, and so he's just, he's, like, slowly making his way back to the transportation pod. Uh, meanwhile... You know, Johnny Storm's running around sh- throwing fireballs at Sue because they just happen upon each other out of nowhere. And, oh, God, what's going on? What are we doing? We, we have to do – try you – know, oh, I guess we have to stop Victor because at some point it, they somebody, I guess, told them that Victor's the one killing everybody in here. Yeah. No, they don't. Nobody um, explains anything to anyone. So they just happen upon – you know, so Reed's walking around just like looking at dead bodies. Like he legitimately looks like he's like a journalist in a war zone, just like, ooh. <laughs> This got grim. <laughs> and speaking of grim, so Ben shows up like right behind him and makes a comment of like, what, running away again? And he's just and, like, it's the funny moment is Reed turns around and like in the most sincere voice possible, just, no, <laughs> oh, I'm not. And so I, like, it made me think for a moment. I was like, does Ben think Reed's been killing everybody? Because like, because like everybody's dead, and Reed's just like wandering the halls. <laughs> he just couldn't write a better line for him at that I moment. Guess, it's horrible. No, I'm not so anymore. so they all. I guess they all just like randomly decide. Well, it must have been Victor, and I guess he's going to go back to to the other planet. Sure. So they all they all go running back into um the main chamber that has the the transportation device, and Doctor Storm tries to stop Victor, and again he he the, his entire role this movie has been inspirational quote here and team building speech there. Yeah. So he he tries as he he would tries to stop Victor by basically talking to him of like you're better than this Victor and we can help you and so on and so forth because Franklin Richards is the heart of the movie basically yes, right yeah. he is yes uh, he is Franklin Storm he is the Franklin he is the Storm, team yes. leader that they needed apparently but just no one cared about no. always <laughs> listening to him, yeah. so he he tries to stop him and Victor's just like. Mm. Nah, <laughs> it does the same thing to him. But apparently, Victor doesn't blow up his brain. Wait, he, he just, I guess, like sets his insides on fire or something, because like his skin turns the same weird fiery color that the other guy did. Right, but he doesn't die right away. Oh, of course not, because he's got to give out his last so, final dying words. Walking up to the the transport, the team comes running in. They see him, you know, kind of kill Doctor Storm, and immediately you've got that, you know, Luke watches Ben Kenobi die moment of no, yeah. and so Victor takes off, and they run over, and now you've got the two Storm kids uh, cradling their father's head, crying, "Oh my God, Daddy, I'm so sorry." 
And he gives them, you know, his last word of inspiration of like, you got to come together and work as a team or something. <laughs> you have to be a fantastic group of four. You got to be fantastic. Now, I also have to make mention that I didn't notice this before. This is the first ever uh, Marvel-based movie uh, based on a comic that Stan Lee created that he never showed up in. No, he's not. Oh, his. snap. I, oh, shit. Yeah, because he even shows up in the Fox stuff. Yeah, he shows up sometimes in the Fox stuff. And they, like, he's been in almost been every, the, all the X-Men movies. All those, all those movies when the, when they Marvel whored themselves out and were under I different I wonder if they shot it and they just, they, they didn't like, use even, it. No. I was going to say, he even showed up in the, the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Yeah. He's like, I ain't fucking touching well, that, this. This is how you shit. ground things. You don't, you just don't acknowledge things. Yeah, the best way, the <laughs> best way to take people and be like, this is super serious, is you don't yeah. wink at the the audience Stan about Lee. about Stan Lee. No. but you wink at the audience about how everything that is Fantastic Four is apparently too stupid to be in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they so, had a car in there at some point, and they didn't use that yeah, shit. So, so. Um, By the way, at this point, I'm watching this movie. I'm like, I have no idea what fucking Doctor Doom wants, what his deal is, what he's doing. His whole, apparently, his whole thing is just he just wants to go back to this planet. I just want to like, go it's, home. It's yeah. like a dude that you took out of prison. Yeah, and like can't handle it. It's a crime. It's yeah. because he's been apparently institutionalized by yeah. planet. He, he's Brooks. He's Brooks from he's Shawshank Brooks. Redemption. Oh, it's, yeah. it's rough out here Brooksy. on planet Earth. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to make it. <laughs> so he, he just wants to go back to his Doom home was planet. Here. Where he lives by himself and eats green energy. Yeah, he misses the green, healthy green food. <laughs> and so he takes off, and the team's like, "Well, what are we going to do? How are we going to stop him? We can't go chase after him." And Reed brings up the fact that he was building his own. Um, transport module but it was only a one person thing well luckily they're not going to have to be say transporting themselves one at a time the whole way to try and get there uh because when doom gets back to planet zero he uses his undisclosed powers to basically collapse the transportation module and use it to turn uh, to create a black hole that shoots a portal from planet zero oh my god i forgot about this now here's where I I mean it gets a little confusing to me because yeah, that none of this makes planet sense. Zero is really a planet? Is it not actually a dimension? Two things don't make sense. That he can turn that device around like it's that just, and just, but and why? There's no I, why are you doing no, this? They, they they like they try and explain it in a matter of like a one sentence. What, like randomly, so he creates whatever this black hole thing is. It opens a portal that's now starts sucking a whole bunch of stuff from Earth through it. Um, oh, and Reed right. quickly says something about like he made a black hole. It's gonna you know suck Earth through and turn it into raw energy and blah blah blah. And we're all gonna be destroyed. And oh. everyone else is like, yeah, that works for me, I guess. Uh, sure, but so that- they all the four of them all get sucked up into this wormhole tunnel thing that oh, brings that's them. That's how to the they other get dimension. back. Yeah. So uh, Doom just goes from like, I want to go back to, hey, you know what? I think I'll just so destroy all of you. Instead of just being like, I'm just going to go back to where I consider home now. Yeah. It's I'm going to go back, and then I'm going to just happen to try and destroy the for entire no planet. No reason. Well, no, they they had been hinting at that like. Doom is, hates the government, doesn't well, yeah, trust he, anything. I mean, it's not enough or good enough reason to kill a planet, but. He's talked about how he doesn't trust yeah. the government, how humanity is destroying the planet, right. so he decides the best thing to do is destroy the planet. Right. <laughs> okay, why not? He's sure. become jaded in his year. Sure. Yeah, his, his year away from Earth has taught him, um, I don't know, 
to destroy Earth. You know, any hint of that in the movie would have probably helped his uh, storyline a little bit, like more where he's like, humans are parasites. And he had about how like humanity is destroying the planet and they don't deserve to be saved. I guess. It's like, but what you're doing doesn't really coincide with that. Decided <laughs> like, like, screw it, guys. I'll be the bad guy and I'll destroy the planet for you and it, you can all feel better about it. It doesn't coincide with how he's built in the film and it doesn't coincide in anything in the comics because in the comics, he's like a king of his own country he's and he wants to... He's a megalomaniac. Yeah, he's yeah. a megalomaniac. Exactly. He just wants power. He doesn't yeah, he want to destroy. Everything. He's got nothing like, to he rule. Can't then. Rule a planet. He decides to turn into a singularity. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Okay. <laughs> okay. So they get there, and they, they you know, they, Sue creates a, I don't know, force field bubble that three out of four of them are in, and Johnny just flies around being all fiery. That's all that Sue does. Also, by the way, she it's really that's her anything. power in this entire yeah, movie. She's just always in a bubble. So they they then they get to the they get to the planet and they're like oh well he's trying to destroy the planet we're gonna have to stop him and of course they each one at a time try and fight uh, Doctor Doom right because they they they're not a team yet no not yet <laughs> so, not fantastic so, like, Johnny though. flies at him while while all on fire and Doom throws rocks at him and covers him in rocks and so now Johnny's down so then. <laughs> Ben goes charging after him, and Doom throws bigger rocks at him and covers him in bigger rocks, and now Ben's down. So then uh, Sue decides she's going to go and try and talk to, talk him out of this because obviously, you know, they had a thing once where right. he was like kind of into her, um, and Doom covers her in rocks. <laughs> <laughs> and so now Reed has to figure out, huh? How do I help? Well, this and this is all playing, and, and it sounds cheesy as fuck. It's even worse on screen how this is all playing out. Yeah, this Got isn't it. this isn't a climax. This isn't an epic battle this at all. The climax where you are you are watching what has to be like it's all of them are just in front of a green screen. <laughs> uh, like it's legitimate. I feel bad because it means Kate Mara had to sit in front of a green screen, crouch down real low, and hold her hands over her head. <laughs> And have Josh Trank yell at her, no, you're being crushed by more rocks. More rocks. <laughs> Compress yourself more. No, you're, you're losing. You're not doing this right. It's, we are in the middle of the worst action climactic scene in any superhero no, movie. Apparently, Reed, I, I, I don't, I think he tries to get into a fist fight with him or something, but like, I guess he throws rocks at him. Uh, <laughs> it's his only move. So now the four of them are all defeated. Like, well, how are we going to stop him? And now comes the great moment. Of I gotta see if I, I think I wrote down the actual line. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, I, all right. So where would I put it? All right. So so they're all they're all trying to wonder like how are they supposed to stop him at this point? Ben makes a comment about how they can't stop Victor because he's stronger than any of us. Ben says this. Ben says he, oh. we can't stop him. He's stronger than any of us. At which point there's just that pause, and you're like, you know, it's coming. <laughs> And Reed goes, but he's not stronger than all of us. Couldn't have telegraphed that better. And so now they're, they've all this, oh, God, he's right. We should be a team and we should work as four individuals with superpowers who all happen to be pretty fantastic. Well, the, the, here's the thing, too, about this scene. Is this scene is in Fantastic Four Rise of Silver Surfer. We've seen this already. Oh, Remember same, that? It's the same yes. scene. Where they all combine yes. their powers into all, one person. They all have to work together to defeat Doom. Galactus. Yeah. Oh yeah, what well, was Doom and Doom on the surfboard and then Galactus? Yes, yeah. Doom, Doom on the surfboard going after Galactus, but because it, 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 there's never a, a Fantastic Four movie that's going to be made without Doctor Doom, right? Like that, I felt like it was upsetting for the fact that he came back for the second one, but that's another podcast. <laughs> right. So back to the shitty movie we're talking about. Hey guys, <laughs> let's get them together. So what if we all work together to try and stop him? So what they yeah. do? is 
basically they start taunting him and it's it's not so far as being like hey asshole but it's basically that hey doom your mother's a toaster <laughs> yeah. so, so they're 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 distracting him where uh you know they they they're like they go to go into get a fist fight with him and just keep him busy while Johnny Storm is flying around and destroying the pillars for the big portal gate thing that he opened at which point uh, you know, Reed's distracting him and Sue is making you know, shields so that he can't hurt Reed or whatever it is. And then Reed, they, they do what I like to call the old duck and dodge maneuver where Reed ducks down and suddenly bends behind him because, oh. you know, you couldn't see the giant rock monster <laughs> behind, behind, behind the skinny, stretchy guy. Yeah. And of course, we have that moment where Ben yells out, it's clobbering time. Uh-huh. Well, that, and then Ben immediately curls up into the fetal position because that's a torturous moment. <laughs> He's like, for him. No, stop and, eating and it, me. Stop. You see a single tear. <laughs> Uh, and then uppercuts Doom into the the big energy beam of his black hole. Oh, that's right. Of his own black so hole. So we are yeah. led to believe that this means that he has now been converted into pure energy into the planet. And because Johnny has destroyed the pillars that were holding whatever it was in place, the black hole just disappears. That's what happens. He yeah. just like dissipates. Right. It, oh. And it's just gone. So, and, yeah. and this album happens actually pretty quickly. This yeah, isn't an awesome quickly. fight or anything. So, so while, yeah, this takes a matter of like 10, 15 so seconds. So anticlimactic. <laughs> and that, once that's done, uh, Sue wraps everybody else up in a bubble, and she and Johnny fly everyone back up into the portal over to Earth right. before it closes. Right before it closes. All right, I'll buy that. And now they're back on planet Earth. Now, apparently, for the what felt like hour that they might have actually been on Planet X. Yeah. It was only like seven minutes in the movie. <laughs> but what felt like had to be an hour, because I guarantee you, it probably took them 45 minutes to come up with this whole plan to maybe we punch him real hard. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps uh, throwing rocks at us, though, guys. So <laughs> they get back, and it seems like the only thing that's gone is the portal completely dissipated the research facility they were in, and maybe like two square miles of woods around it. Yes, I remember that. And that was it. <laughs> that was, uh, so they okay. get back. They're all, oh, wow, great. That all, that all worked out real great for us. Uh, they're then suddenly getting – they're suddenly in a meeting with the government again. And the four of them are sitting down to talk to I'm assuming is supposed to be the Secretary of Defense. And he's basically saying how, oh, well, you know, because of the things that happened, you're all, you know, you're very dangerous people. And why would you why would we ever agree to work alongside you and let you research, you know, crazy science that might destroy the planet? And they have the line of, look, before you say no, don't say no. <laughs> Is that what and he that's says? Really that's apparently enough to convince the government that they should fund this project. Yeah, well, they, they basically threaten the government at that point. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're like, well, we're all, we're all real powerful and we could be very dangerous and you don't want to be on our bad side. And it's like, you have just made terroristic threats against oh, the And the government States just caves. Like, Not only that, no. but you're the assholes that got drunk and started this fucking Yeah, mess. it is all it's, their fault. It's, it's like, this isn't our fault. <laughs> Wasn't it you guys that you, actually you, set you guys, up this You guys emotion? took a joyride at 3 a.m. with our fucking teleportation device. <laughs> Who told you to do that? <laughs> so they apparently get government funding. When they should be giving them like a bill. When, the government should be giving, handing them a bill for damages. Funding when they should be getting a bullet in the head. Really? Or some kind of uh, – Yeah, they should be just put down at this point. <laughs> <laughs> for any of you. Yeah. 
Um, this whole project now, is the, the four of them are basically put in charge of this this random giant ass research facility again in the middle of the woods out on the side of a mountain. It legitimately looks like a Tony Stark getaway. Yeah. <laughs> And they are just put in charge of this so they can do whatever the fuck their heart desires, I guess. Now, Reed never graduated college. No. Oh, he in didn't. fact, I don't think he finished freshman year. No. Whoa. He got taken out. Oh, that's right. Storm. I don't know how old, how much older Sue Storm is supposed to be, but I'm assuming she wasn't a graduate student or anything like that. All these actors at this point are also in their like late 20s, and they're playing like high school kids. They're, yeah, they're playing yeah. like 19-year-olds. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so outside of that, Johnny Storm has never showed any scientific ability no. whatsoever. He's a gearhead. He's, he's a gearhead. A real, that, he's, he's a shitty gearhead. He's not very good he's at it. He's yeah. apparently really good at welding things that's, when he's told to. Yeah, that's about it. And then there's Ben Grimm, <laughs> who we have been told throughout this entire movie is a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> he really is. Is legitimately just just like the dumbest dummy that you have ever he's, come across. Just take orders from the government. No, not, 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 not like a dummy, dumb, like not just like, oh, he's my friend here is kind of stupid. Like he's actually like slow. Yeah. Like he is developmentally disabled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. I'll smash that tank. Okay. Yeah, guys, let's go to the other dimension now. You know, he, he's following funny. around drunk guys while he's sober. Yeah. So then they're just sitting there and they're like looking at this big research facility that's populated by nobody. It's legitimately just the four of them. And this yeah. thing's maybe like a mile wide. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yo, this is going to be great. You know, we're going to be a great team. And they're they're still like just being snarky dicks to each other, but it's supposed to be like endearing. Witty dialogue, yeah. Uh, and like I get that, you know, the Fantastic Four has always kind of like snipped at each other and had that like In family dysfunctional fighting. family yeah. vibe. Yeah. But it's like there's never been a moment where any of you have really bonded so it still just comes off as all of you being like, yeah, well, fuck you, man. Remember when uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan or Johnny Storm and uh, Reed like didn't know how to handshake? Yeah, that was that was their bonding moment, right? Yeah. Or it was like – so the one thing – there was a moment where they – like Johnny's Johnny's little quip is something along the lines of like, what about the human torch and the torchettes and the thing that nobody wanted? Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and you know what? That's a, they're really mean-spirited jokes like, like, <laughs> that they like, wrote for them. I was like, it was, it was just this shy of like, why don't we call the team three failed abortions and read? <laughs> like, oh shit! <laughs> well, they were trying to hint at like, because Reed or uh, Johnny and the and Ben always have like an antagonistic antagonistic the relationship. Like, they, always, they always like go back and forth at each other, yeah. but like the the. The the family vibe and everything like that was handled so much better in the shitty movies they did before this. Yeah, absolutely. So and that's that's the, that's the end of the movie. They decide they're going to be a team. They apparently come up with the name Fantastic Four without ever saying it out loud. And, it, then, uh, then they pull the uh, uh, an Avengers and they cut right when he's about to yeah. say fan. Yeah, another stole, uh, stole another stolen. Yeah, they thing stole a lot of yeah. things from the Marvel. So. <laughs> Wow, that's a hundred minutes of what it was the a fuck? Hundred minute long movie. Um, now, I to to go immediately off of it. What I think is the greatest thing I've ever heard was when the movie came out. Uh, Todd McCarthy over at Hollywood Reporter did his review, and he described the movie as a one hundred minute trailer for a movie that never happens. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. And I can't think of a way better that's to describe. The, that, that is the film. way to describe it. Oh my god, that's exactly what it is. I mean, what, let me let me sidebar really quick yeah. too. Do you ever know? I know you you had to, so when did you rewatch it, Matt? Just recently. I didn't rewatch it. I watched it once, man. You watched it once. Okay. <laughs> you watched it once and picked all this up. Okay. Yeah. I, 
I, I will put it this way. While I watched it, I did a lot of uh, note-taking and stuff on the side. But you, did you watch um, it recently? Thought, what, what? Did you watch it recently? Oh, yeah, it was like this week. Okay, so did you notice Sue's hair change throughout the movie? The fact that the second half of the entire movie, she's in a wig? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she goes from dirty blonde to like straight platinum blonde. It, it's so sloppy. It's <laughs> so sloppy. White platinum blonde. Like that to and, me, just that that alone. I'm like, how the hell in a major budget film does that that slide? And it's so obvious that they didn't know how to hide the fact that it was a wig because every other scene she's in, it's in a different hairstyle. Right. It's like down around her face and yeah. then half tied up, and then it's in a bun, and then it's like off on a side ponytail or something. And it's like everyone was like, "We gotta find a wig that works, goddamn it!" <laughs> but we can't do a take two. <laughs> God damn, that was a uh, that was fantastic. That's a fantastic breakdown of the fucking goddamn. It's just surprising how much you can actually pick apart this fucking movie and talk about it. Uh, it's shocking. Like I, I walked out and I'm like, what did I just watch? And then and you know, the title, what the fuck happened? Is exactly what you're thinking the whole time. What do you think happened? What Matt? the fuck happened All here? Right, so I have a little bit of a breakdown okay, uh, cool. of, of of a lot of stuff that went on in the behind the scenes and whatnot. But I have a question to pose to the two of you before this. Cool. I don't know if you guys actually know the answer or not. What do you think the Rotten Tomato score for this movie was? Uh, I think we might know. My guess for the Rotten Tomato score for Fantastic Four 2015, and I did not look this up. I'm gonna go with two percent. Two. Ooh, All right, Anthony, what do you think? I'd go with nine. It is, in fact, 9% on oh, Rotten Wow, Anthony, you nailed that. I didn't look it up. Good with numbers, the jock is. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Good with, what, Yoda? Nine? I'm surprised <laughs> it's, uh, yes, mm, movie sucks, this does. Uh, he I, could not even make it to double digits. I'm surprised it's that high. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, a little, uh, I would, I'll say I actually was surprised it was that low. Yeah, I'm surprised okay. it was that low. <laughs> because I figured for being a superhero movie, it at least would have warranted like maybe a 20 but like nine is like the room. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like boy. nine is, you know, somebody handed a camera to a chimp and sent them <laughs> into a mall or something. Uh, to, you know, you want to base the scale off. I know what a, a good zero movie is. Remember we talked about it what? on that trailer show. Oh, yes. No, but yeah. I mean, Saving uh, Christmas. Yes. With Kirk Cameron. I believe it's no, zero. But, but, zero. When, but when you're under, t- like when you get to like the t- under 15, 10, yeah. like that means this movie is universally hated. Universally. Like you, you, no you one will not this. find a person who will defend right. the movie. Yes. Wow. So. What the fuck happened, man? The reason you will not find a person who will defend this movie is because this movie was a fucking train wreck from the start when they were making it. Now, I mean, because this was so recent, I don't have to act like people don't know a lot of the stuff that that went on. But, of course, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, Fox was in the middle of a a, a rush to try and get the – to re, really to maintain the, the rights. film rights yep. to the Fantastic Four or, franchise. Because they revert to Marvel if they don't make a film. Marvel had because Marvel had um, started making their own films. They had started up their own studio. Um, the last movie that Fox made with Fantastic Four was Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, which I think came out in two thousand and seven. Yeah, yes. I think you're about right. Yeah. Which was a year before Marvel even made their own movie. Yep. Yep. So at this point, uh, a flop for a Fantastic Four movie just meant, well, fuck. I guess we won't do anything with it. Um, but now Marvel starts getting, you know, they've got Iron Man, they've got the Avengers, like things start really getting working out and the things are going great for them. So Marvel 
is now looking to try and take back as many of the film rights to their characters as they can. And they know that it's going to be a battle to try and get X-Men from Fox because Fox is making an X-Men movie all the time, almost every year. Yeah. Yeah. Despite what it might be, you know, 2009, they put out uh, Wolverine Origins, Origins. which was a a huge flop for them. At this point, Fox is looking at every one of their comic movies is just failing. So don't they lose Daredevil at this point, too? Just about. It's, yeah. it's at this point that oh, because yeah. all of their movies are failing, Marvel basically comes along and is like, hey, you know, uh, we'll uh, we'll take those rights back from yeah, you. If you, right. guys, you, know, hands. you guys don't want to keep just making shitty movies, right? Because they, they were about to develop a Daredevil film, too. So what it was yeah. was Fox was like, well, you know, we're, we're already in the middle of making another X-Men movie. Yeah. So, you know, because at this point, they it was like 2011. They made um, First Class. They right. were in and the then, middle and of very successful. Yeah, yeah, it's the only thing that, that works that for them. Back. So they were like, okay, good. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we can hold on to these. So Marvel was like, well, you got a lot of other properties that you're not doing anything with. So here's what we're going to do. If you cannot have a movie for any of, uh, for any of these properties in the works by October of 2012, we get the rights back to them. Nice. And Fox was like, Okay, um, great. We can do that. Uh, maybe not for everything we have, though. And f- at which point, Marvel basically was like, "Great, uh, you have Daredevil and you have Fantastic Four. Make one of them. If you can make both of them, you can hold on to both of them." And Fox knew they couldn't pull off putting both of those movies into production at the same time. So it was basically a Sophie's choice of what did they want to hold on to oh, and what shit. not getting rid of. Oh, so they chose so, to get rid of Daredevil. To hold on to Fantastic mm. because it seemed like that was the one Marvel really wanted back. Oh, shit. <laughs> they gave them Daredevil. Right. So Marvel was like, fine. We'll take Daredevil. Make your Fantastic Four movie. Have a great day. And so now Fox is in a panic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, fuck. Well, we got to make this. It like, started up in some way. In some, like, you know, basically now. So they, the thing that, that they were trying to do, it was, it was very obvious from the beginning, Fox didn't want to spend a lot of money on this movie. Now, you think $122 million sounds like a whole lot, and yeah. yes, it is a big-budget film, but compared to a lot of other things that were being made at the time, this isn't really the biggest they could have put into it. Yeah. And it, it, from day one, it is so obvious that all Fox wants to do is have a movie made – so that they can hold on to these rights. They, they, there, was, there was never a moment where it was they decided we wanted to reboot the franchise. We wanted to do it right. We wanted to make a good movie for Fantastic Four. It was just, we need a Fantastic Four movie now. So even before one word was written on a script, this movie was uh, this movie, fucked this from the beginning. Shot into a, it was shot out of a cannon and told, get it done now and don't spend a lot of money. I don't think no any chance. Maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but I don't think anyone was really clamoring no. for a Fantastic no, Four reboot. No, they weren't. It, because, because the first one was eh, fun, but not really all that great, but it made enough money for them to warrant making a sequel, and then the sequel had everyone going, Ugh, you guys really fucking dropped the ball here. Fox didn't want to make another Fantastic Four right. movie. They didn't care if they sat on those rights for another 20 years. Yeah, They only got it set because Marvel wanted it, and Fox had it. And then this is around the time when Marvel's also fucking with them with the comic books. 
and Fantastic so, Four. Well, it, what it was was Marvel was at this point because all, everything was going so great. They really started transitioning the comic books to kind of meld together with the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. You know, at this point, suddenly the Guardians of the Galaxy are looking exactly like they did in the movie. There's a lot more Avengers comics coming out. There really isn't. I mean, they 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 were still always doing Spider Man, but you know they were really pushing a lot more for like you know Miles Morales and all right. that. I, Iron Man and Cap. I mean, were were considered B characters up until this point. Now they're they're getting pushed as A level characters. Mm-hmm. So what it then boiled down to was Marvel was like, well, that's great. You know, you guys want to go ahead and make a movie? That's fine. And then suddenly they claim not in any kind of relation to this deal decided, you know what? Fantastic Four really isn't selling all that much. Let's just get rid of their comic. <laughs> <laughs> and as t- as time was going on, I found this one really funny. While they were making the Fantastic Four movie and it was about to come out, uh, in a in a, a issue of Punisher, yep. there is a random bit where three people who look suspiciously like the main actors from the Fantastic Four movie out in L.A., yep. are meeting up, and they're waiting to meet up with their buddy Michael, who is playing <laughs> a character named Johnny in this new movie with them. And then suddenly the building explodes and they all die. <laughs> Listener, I'll put a link to this in the show notes. You can check out the panels. That's uh, pretty awesome. I, I think they're like working on a sequel of it or something. And this and, is from The Punisher. It's Punisher this is number from, yeah, 12. This is from the, the Nathan Edmondson run on Punisher. That's hilarious. Uh, now, of course, though, you know, Marvel's not bitter. No. Well, they're like, oh. whatever. Just having some fun so, here. <laughs> so Fox, Fox is trying to find a way to get this taken care of. So they decide they turn to uh, their producer, Simon Kinberg. Who, if you don't know who this dude is, he is involved in fucking everything. Yeah. He is one of the guys who's behind the X-Men movies. He is heavily involved with the new Star Wars stuff. This man just knows how to get involved in the projects that are going to make money. Mm-hmm. Except for one. <laughs> now, he's involved in like the TV, uh, the new TV, Fox X-Men shows that are coming out, Legion he's, and Hellfire. He's involved in everything. Deadpool. He's, He's all over the fucking place. Yeah. Like he is the guy they go to because he gets shit done. Star Wars Rebels, yeah, yeah. He's um, on Star Wars Rebels with Wiseman, also. Yeah, yeah. He's on. He's on Star Wars Rebels. He's going to be one of the main producers on a lot of the the Star Wars spinoff movies. Ah. So like this guy's net worth is going to skyrocket if it hasn't already. He's just got this one little blemish on his <laughs> on his record. So they decide. Well, we need to try and get. We need a director that we can use as like an in house director who isn't going to cost a lot of money. But we know, you know, isn't really going to fight us too much on getting this movie made. Well, we do have this this dude, uh, Josh Trank, you know, <laughs> just made this movie Chronicle that came out. Superhero um, film, kind of. It only yeah. cost us about $10 million to make. And it came back about mm, 30, maybe $40 million after that uh, domestically in the first week. Yeah. So, you know, he's, he seems pretty talented. On he's paper, sounds like a good plan. So they said, that's great. Let's uh, let's go talk to this guy. Now, apparently, after Chronicle came out, there were a lot of people trying to get Josh Trank to make their movies. Yes. Sony wanted him to make Venom. Oh. And apparently, Warner Brothers was looking at him to try and do a Shadow of, uh, Shadows of the Colossus game, or movie, based oh, on wow. the game. Okay. okay. Uh, but Trank said no to both of these because Fox came to him and said, well, we want you to do Fantastic Four. Uh, we think you're a great talent. You've done a lot with us, and we really want to work with you again and again. 
So he saw Fantastic Four as a cementing of a relationship that he would always be working with a major studio. (laughs) And then apparently almost from day one, shit went south. Uh, Yeah, I mean, there's where we've said, yeah, it doesn't, the blame doesn't really lie on one person. Like everything just went bad with this. After they signed on Trank, and he was working alongside Kinberg to touch up on the script that uh, What's His Nuts wrote. Uh, I can't even remember. I don't even really – I feel bad to say I don't even care who the official name on that script is. But um, Was it Jeremy Slater? Slater. Slater. The okay. Slater so script. That's Slater right. wrote the first draft of it. And then apparently, apparently a few people had had their hands on it to do touch-ups before uh, Kinberg and Trank did like the final draft before the shooting. Um, and Trank was going around doing interviews about the new project, and he had said he was planning on doing a science adventure movie that was not going to be so much a superhero movie, but was going to be more like Steven Spielberg meets Tim Burton, is how he described it, <laughs> and talked about being heavily influenced by David Cronenberg Whoa. and movies like Scanners and The Fly. Ah, scanners he mentioned, huh? Uh, you can see some of the fly stuff. And the fly, Especially yeah. with Horror the transportation elements. stuff when they yeah, get their no. powers, you could definitely see there's the fly in there. And right. that was the thing is he he apparently wanted to go for this very dark, very almost terrifying concept of science gone awry and didn't want to make your standard, you know, Avengers clone team movie. Right. And honestly, I could I can I can respect that. Yeah. I fully fine with the idea of wanting to do a different take on something that's very popular at that point so that you can get a different perspective on it. I, that's the also, kind of sad part is I bet there was a good movie there. Be artsy if you want to be artsy, but don't be artsy just to be artsy. Yeah, right. yeah. It was kind of uh, treading that, but I, you know, I feel like he had a pretty good movie in his so head there. Maybe. And we, he, <laughs> he, I was going to say, you'll we're we're gonna never see honestly gonna know see it. <laughs> gonna go on, unless they ever at some point release the version of the script before they started shooting. Mm-hmm. But they they so they they got a script locked in. They had Trank on board. You know they were getting set. They they went and they did their casting, and their casting was very unusual. I'm I'm glad the, you're going getting to the casting because I wanted your thoughts on this. So please continue. I I understand in the sense of the movie and the story that they were going to make it that Reed Richards wasn't going to be like in his 40s, right? But I don't buy a young Reed Richards being this smart. And now wow. you can you can try and push for it, but that was always the thing was if you're going for the family unit concept that is Fantastic Four, Reed has to be the dad. Yeah, he's and an adult. Reed can't be the dad when he's the youngest fucking member of this team. <laughs> <laughs> no, and you buy that he's an adult and he's had life experience, like, and that's why he's, he's smart. The reason he is this goddamn smart is because he's been doing this for thirty some right. odd years, right? right. Not because oh I don't know I built one in my garage once. <laughs> Yeah, you you lose the credibility there, and you lose kind of the essence of Reed if if you make him. And young. I mean, it's a different, completely different. It's a different. Family it's a different Reed. If you're making yeah, him young, it's a different, it's a different read. read. Yeah. Yeah, and if if you're making him young, it's a different read, and it's a different story. Right. You're not doing Fantastic Four when he's 19 years old. No. Now, the, what I had said is that it feels like you know the fact that Fox doesn't want to spend a lot of money. You see that in the casting. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> not to say that anybody in the movie was a bad actor. Because you can't blame an actor for being handed a shitty script. Right. 
they they have all at some point or another in different you know things they've worked on have proved themselves. I mean, anyone who saw Creed knows Michael B. Jordan can act. That's what I'm saying. You're not going to get Michael B. Jordan at that same uh, price uh, now. No, not very. Again. But these guys, it, they they don't go in wanting to make a shitty movie. They're trying their fucking best with what they got. Exactly. I mean, and that's the other side. Jamie Bell, the dude who plays Ben Grimm, it, like I highly recommend anybody who can watch the show Turn on AMC. No, he's in Jamie that. Bell is yeah. fucking phenomenal in that show. He's the most miscast fucking one out of all these. Like he he is an actor. Yeah. And it's it, it, that's the thing is they're all they're all actors. They're all good. Toby I mean, Kebbell's I, great too. No, I was gonna say they're all. Like they were all when they signed all these people, I'm like, oh, these are all I love up and coming. They're all up and coming yeah. people. Like yeah. these are all yeah. like people like, that are on the rise. Like Miles Teller, I really don't have too much to compare his work in this to. I I know I've seen him. I know I know the name, but he, I can't he does a lot of comedy anything. stuff. But he's he's but he's he's the one I was most unfamiliar with. But he's done. He's 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 up and coming too. Miles yeah, Storm. I think the problem was uh, my biggest issue when it came to the casting wasn't that Johnny Storm was black or anything like that. It was that they were trying so hard to go with, well, because you don't really know who these actors are, you can't attach them to anything. Right. And I can understand why you would do that, but it also really give, puts a lot of fucking pressure on them because you're putting no names on characters that are very well known. Right. I think Miles Teller also in the short list to play young Han Solo, I believe. He is one of them, and yeah. I don't want him to do no, it. I don't want him to be on solo either. I don't <laughs> I think don't that's want good. him. I don't want Dave Franco. No, yeah, no. Dave Franco is too. Miles like, Teller's been. He's been in a, a lot of comedy. He's been the like oh, the cornball. I can just click here and find out. Yeah, you're an doing. asshole, and you're just looking at it. The fuck am I doing? Divergent. Like. Like, Kate Mara is really good at playing that kind of isolated bitchy girl. Yeah. Like, she's done that in so many other things. Yeah, I love her. And it's one of those things where I wonder, like, did she get the role because that's what they wrote Sue to be? Or is that what Sue is because that's who Kate Mara plays? I think right. it's the second one. Uh, he was in Whiplash. That's big, And then the Divergent series is... is, is. Oh yeah, okay. The, and that's project. Really, no, no, Project X. He's the oh, that all, those are X. comedies, but he's played the same kind of cornball character. Twenty one and over. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know him. Yeah, at he's all. he's always, I guess, like the the kind of awkward friend or whatever right. it is. Right. The funny thing was when I was looking, I looked at there was a list of the people that they had who were up for some of these roles. Now, yeah. Miles Teller beat out both Kit Harrington and Richard Madden of Game of Thrones f- uh, fame Whoa. for the role of Reed Richards. Hmm. So they didn't get Jon Snow. Huh. They didn't get Rob Stark. And I have a feeling it's because Game of Thrones was so popular. They both were too expensive. Oh, sure. Bet. Yeah. yeah. And they all, he also beat out Jack O'Connell who wound up being the lead in unbroken that Angelina Jolie. Okay. World War II movie. Yeah. Yeah. So again, a person like I'm pretty sure he was up for awards for that movie. Someone who has proved himself as an actor, right? Which means has proved he's worth more money. <laughs> They're like, we can spend this much. Who can you get us? <laughs> the first Kate four names Mara. get the roles. <laughs> yeah, Kate Mara won the rollout over Emmy Rossum. Oh wow! Sure, say or uh, Sirche Ronan, who is at this moment up for an Academy Award. Oh shit! And Margot Robbie. And Margot Robbie. Huh, Margot Robbie would would have been interesting. Emmy Robson, Emmy Rossum's amazing. She would have nailed it. And the fun, the one, the this is the one that that surprises me because I would have loved to have seen either one of these people in it. Toby Kebbell took the role of Victor Von Doom away from Eddie Redmayne and Doma Hall Gleason. Oh wow. shit! And both of them, uh, well, Gleason's in Star Wars and Redmayne. Eddie got Redmayne's won. Eddie Redmayne. Did he win an Oscar? Oscar? 
yeah, nominated for another nominated, Oscar. The yeah. funny thing about Kevil though is he was fantastic in in the uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes or whatever the the sequel was. When yeah, he was playing. Uh, Koba. Is, it's Koba. not that Kevil's a bad actor. Yeah. It's that he is so bipolar. It seems in the movies he winds up being in, because Rise of the Planet of the Apes he was good. Yeah. He was in War Horse, which was a good movie. He was in Rock and Rolla, which he was actually really enjoyable in. It's one of you know, like one of the few movies that people are like, uh, I feel like that was just Guy Ritchie being too Guy Ritchie. Yeah. But like he was at least enjoyable in. But he also is like Prince of Persia, yeah. The Sorcerer's Apprentice, Wrath of the Titans. Shitty, like, real shitty fucking. He's an episode he's gonna, of. He's gonna be the. He's gonna be the the orc lead in Warcraft. Oh boy, I have no hope for that movie. He was in an episode of Black Mirror, which is a great series. Yeah. But scroll so up though, like, but like he's also. He's going to be in Ben Hur. Oh, he's going to be in Kong Skull, Skull Island, Island and Warcraft <laughs> and Ben Hur. It's, it's, it's either these these giant CGI based like yeah. you know summer blockbuster types or like these you know dark and thoughtful like war pieces and stuff. Wow, interesting. <laughs> so interesting. he is he is just all over the place. Yeah. But anyway, so it really did. Just, and again, you know, Michael B. Jordan, very kind of unknown at that point, right. and then I didn't see who was who else besides Jamie Bell was honestly up for Ben Grimm. But I guarantee you, like, they had to all have been very large men. Yeah, anybody. And then at one point, like, I guarantee you probably Trank was like, no, Ben Grimm should be, like, tiny. <laughs> They're like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense because then when he's the big bad rock man, he like, you know, suddenly he gets all he's ever wanted. <laughs> anyway. Jamie Bell was in King Kong and Jumper. Hmm. Yes, he was. I remember him being in Jumper. I remember. Um, I cannot tell you much about King Kong because that was three hours that felt like nine. <laughs> oh no, not a fan. That, that might be the next. What the fuck? It, happens. it might end up being. Oh, the next oh I, I can't. I can't wait for the next one. But. I'll tell you now. It took me an hour and a half to get through the hour and a half that was Fantastic Four to describe it. I if I had to recap King Kong, we'd be here for a day. That'll take five hours because that's like a isn't that movie like two and a half hours? It's very long. It's, it's a long like ass movie. Two, Forty-five minutes, yeah, I think. That's a very long. Maybe movie. we pick a short movie it, to do it's these. Like another forty-five minutes of credit. <laughs> <laughs> they, they get their cast done. It's very obvious that they didn't want to spend the money on really kind of high name character actors or anything like that. And then they get to legitimate filming. And there have been so many stories that have come out from behind the scenes of on yep. the set yep. of yep. Fantastic Four yep. that Josh Trank lost his shit like all the time, every day. It was like so you had people who said that he was apparently like very hostile towards the crew. He was very distant and removed from people that he barely even directed the actors. He would show up late all the time. He would just like seclude himself into this little tent he built around his his playback monitor. At least one person claims he must have been like high off his ass like 90 (laughs) percent of the time he was doing this movie. And uh, there's apparently a report that he he caused like over a hundred thousand dollars worth of damage yep. to a house they rented down yep, there. The house they were staying, and he trashed it. When I say down there, what I mean is this movie that we assume takes place in New York City was filmed almost entirely in Louisiana. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> That's true. Because they got a huge tax yeah, break for filming yeah. in Louisiana. Yeah. Apparently a big enough one that they didn't even bother to go to Vancouver, where 90% of the movies that take place in New York are filmed now. Yeah, and they give you big tax breaks and shit too. But uh, Louisiana, it, it, which, it, which doubled as uh, South America. 
Apparently. Yeah, in, red, in the Redwood <laughs> Forest so of South America. So that explains why 99% of this movie all takes place indoors. Yeah, in two <laughs> sets or three sets. They could not film in New York City. <laughs> this movie had so, no chance from the beginning. The, 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 apparently all the problems with Trank get so bad when they're on set that Kinberg and one of their other producers – I got to see if I can find his name. I mean, I heard also him and, and uh, Teller almost like had a fist fight. Yeah, apparently, apparently, you know, Teller got sick of of the fact that Trank was basically not being a fucking director. Um, things got heated between the two of them. Uh, it got to a point where basically Kinberg had to play like the in between for everybody. Wow, Matthew and Vaughn he, was a producer on this. Wow. Yeah, he basically became the the other director. Yeah. Right. Where he would direct scenes, he would be you know talking with the actors, he'd be talking to the crew about how to set stuff up. He even began rewriting the script in the middle of them shooting it. Unbelievable. This because, is where you can see the tonal shifts and all yeah, that stuff. Because Fox came to him, and I'm assuming after seeing the dailies from what Trank was making, basically said, you have to fix this. They're like, what the fuck is going on here? Because at this, at this point, they're about halfway through making this movie. Yeah. And Trank has turned out to be a goddamn nightmare. Yep. <laughs> and Fox has two options. Either they, they bag Trank, they cut the fucking movie off where it is, say, oh, we screwed up, we got to start over. But now that's however much money they've already spent down the toilet. Right. And that's enough of a delay that – They're going to lose the rights. Marvel could turn around and go, mm, we're taking it back. Yeah, they could lose the rights. Now, do you think Fox – knew what like that Trank were, were they do you think they were on board with Trank's vision or were they were like or do you think I they were like we got to make a superhero film I what don't are you doing think it was so much that they were on board with Trank's vision I think is that they were so disconnected from what was going on mm-hmm. they were fighting a, uh, a a a large public opinion of them that they were just these tyrants that would micromanage every movie they made, and directors never got a chance to do their own work because, oh, you know, Big Brother Fox was always looking over their shoulder. That's true. So they basically turned around and said, "Look, we've got this young guy. You know, we'll let him make his movie. You know, like you know, just we'll move forward. You know, a lot of people are saying it sounds like a good idea. You know, Kinberg is in on it. Everything seems to be working. Let's just just let him do what he's doing." And then it wasn't until they started to see the movie that they went, oh, fuck. Yeah, and at that point, they're, they're like, what the fuck? They were like, we were supposed to get another Avengers, and he's yeah. given us fucking, like, Sunday in the park? <laughs> so uh, Kinberg steps in. He's rewriting the movie to the point where he basically, yeah, rewrites the entire second half of the damn movie. <laughs> they finish up with, right, with filming, and they're already working on doing post-production. And Fox says, we need an ending. We don't have an ending to this movie. <laughs> and at this point, it's January 2015. Jeez. This movie is set to come out in March. <laughs> what a mess. And they're like, well, we got to do reshoots. At this point, the entire cast is off doing other shit. Michael B. Jordan is making Creed now. Kate Mara is doing, I think, like season four of House of Cards. House of Cards. And her hair has to be brown. I'm not sure what she was doing. As far as whatever it was, it was something that she needed to go and cut her hair into a pixie cut yeah. to do. And be a different color, probably. Miles Teller's off doing whatever the hell. I think he was doing the next Divergent movie, and Jamie Bell was filming uh, Turn. So uh-huh. they're all off doing their own shit now. And Fox is like, well, we need you guys to come back. We need to, we need to do reshoots for this movie. So now they're working around the actor's schedule. Oh, no. Running out of money. Oh, and they God. have 
less than three months to get this movie into a fucking theater. Wow. So they decide they basically book uh, a soundstage in L.A. They decide we're going to set the entire last part of the movie in the other dimension. So it's just nothing but green screen. Wow. They bring everybody in. I mean, they did some other stuff along the way. Like there was a lot – any any shot you saw where it looked like Kate Mara was wearing a wig, she's wearing a wig. Yeah. And shot it during these reshoots. Okay. Um, so wait, what do you what, – what do you think the ending was then? If this was, if they had to reshoot I this, can't even tell you. Yeah. Okay. The, the chain, it's so obvious that so much got changed along the way that I will never be able to tell you what the hell the original movie was. Supposed There's to another be. second half of this movie out there somewhere. Another whole. So, version. yeah. There's not even a second half. I guarantee you, there's a good three fourths of this movie we're not seeing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there were scenes in the trailer that never made. The movie. I was going to say, I'll bring up a lot of the yeah. stuff in the trailer, like. There's, from what you see in the trailer, it's very obvious they were going to actually have a storyline for Ben. He was going to be a baseball player. And yeah. for all we know, he was going to be like maybe on his way to being a pro baseball oh, player. Yeah. yeah, I remember him having a bat a lot in the trailer. Like there's, there's a scene where he's, he's playing baseball outside of the school. There's a scene where he's hitting baseballs at the Grimm family like that, auto. That no. scene wasn't in the movie? Nope. The baseball in the auto sign? No. Oh, shit. <laughs> the, the fact that when he goes to go check out to see what's going on in the, the, the junkyard when he hears the noise, he brings a baseball bat yeah, with him. Yeah, he but, always has it with him. Yeah, they so, did not establish that at a bit. And honestly, I'll tell you this. Do you know what would have made a lot of sense? If clobber in time was when he would hit home runs or some shit. Oh, my God. That's perfect. Yeah, that would have made a ton of sense. That would have worked at the end. Yeah. Clobber time knocks him into the fucking energy beam or something. But no, it's his brother beating him half. Yeah. So I got to think that's Trank, though. Wow, that, yeah. That's part of his. What it is is that it was, it was like you could, you had a story for Ben. You had a reason for Ben to hate Reed. You had a reason for Ben to hate being the thing. Yeah. Because this ruined his life. Now he doesn't get to be a pro baseball. Yeah. But instead, it's I hate you because, well, my life was pretty shitty, but now I'm a monster, yeah. too. Yeah. Just, <laughs> like, dude, no you now reason. work for the government and you get to do whatever the hell you want. Like that, your life should be fucking awesome he's, right now. He's getting make, better health insurance. That does make now. a ton of sense, though. The, the, living, his, living in the junkyard, you only graduated high school and you have no friends. You are what the army wants. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that does make a ton of sense about him being a baseball player, and that would have rounded out his arc a little bit. Yeah, exactly. That's why um, you should be mad at Reed. It's really why you should. It's why. It's why everybody in that movie. Everyone in the movie theater should look at Reed Richards as the biggest dick in the world. He, really he ruined everyone's life. Um. <laughs> So, but, but, so they, they, they go and they go, they go to do their reshoots and it's obvious that they are doing everything they can to save money while doing the reshoots. You have major, you know, action scenes from the trailers, like whatever was supposed to be Ben getting airdropped into a war zone. Being yeah. Cannonball. Yeah, that, that, was, that, that, that was cool. Never even made it into the movie. Yeah. Never got even touched on. And the reason wasn't because they decided to cut it for time or because it didn't make sense. They never finished it. Oh, <laughs> man. They, they, they fun, I, I swear to God, I bet they funneled money from whatever these action scenes were supposed to be into making an ending for their movie. Another movie, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so – Yeah, because you're, you're right. That, that cannonball scene, it, I mean, never makes it. And it looks – I don't know it where that's like from. Awesome. Yeah, it looks it like looks awesome, but I don't know that where that would be. Time drop into some sort of a military base, and he's blowing up cars, and like that would if that was the introduction to this is what Ben is doing now. Yeah, 
fantastic. But right? at that point, Reed's also working with them because he was in the plane. Remember, he's like, oh, I should be there about two, eight minutes. Oh, yeah. make it yeah, two. Exactly. So what point of the fucking story does this happen? And it's like it's like you even get down to, to little bits and pieces that are missing. Like, you know, they never actually show Johnny working on the car like they do in the trailer. They just show him having the car blow up, basically. And I think he holds a wrench in one frame. Yeah, he's, he's like actually working under the hood. So yeah. it shows you that it's not like he is all talk. He honestly is working on this car. It's just that he is actually bad at it. <laughs> um, and I don't know what's better, if it's that he's all talk or he's legitimately just a shitty mechanic. <laughs> but um, and then apparently like there are a couple other things like there's a bit where Reed is supposed to be in the room talking to Victor when they bring him back. And there's this whole bit from the first trailer where he says something along the lines of like, oh, well, you'll never be prepared for what's coming. And he says, well, what's coming? And he says, doom. Yeah. And I was like, that would have been a great line. That yeah. sounds like Dr. Doom. Right. And that made me think like Doom was going to be uh, uh, maybe somebody – when I saw the trailer, I thought Doom would be somebody they didn't know that when they went over there well, – That's it, the other side of it is especially in, in that trailer, they don't show you that it's Dr. Doom he's talking to. Yeah. For all you know, it's just some guy. Yeah. Right. But that, um, all, that, all, that line only works if his name is not – is not <laughs> and that's i was gonna say that's what i think is weird is then they had the other trailer where it was like oh you'll never be prepared for what's coming and what was coming was apparently the answers and it's like <laughs> so they're gonna meet god <laughs> yeah because um, they had to change that yeah. in the second towards right before the movie because they came changed out. his name to doom but Ugh. there's so it's like there's so much that was missing so much that was promised that never got delivered but they so they make their reshoots, they get it all going, and they had to push the movie back to August instead of March, right? Just so they could get all the pro, the, the post production done for it. And the movie makes it out into press release for people to go see it, you know, write up their stories, and then you know they'll release the, the reviews or whatever down the road. Ooh, they should not have done that. <laughs> and the 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 press the press embargo gets juggled around between days for some reason. Fox is like, no, it's. You could put stories out on the 7th or no, you could put them out on the 5th. Well, maybe you could put them out on the 4th. So you've, you've got random websites that are putting up reviews and then taking them down oh, and then shit. putting them back up again. Oh, shit. And outside of that, it's just all the reviews are bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. All the reviews are this was not a movie. This was not a good. <laughs> this was a, such a train wreck. And then you have Josh Trank decides he's going to open his fat mouth about it. <laughs> and he puts out a tweet that says, a year ago, I had a fantastic wink version of this movie that you'll never probably see, but that's reality. And then like, I think a day later he took down the tweet. Yes. Yeah. That is a lesson filmmakers for you. But of what not to do. <laughs> he outright called out Fox for saying you ruined my movie. Yeah. You don't do that before Fox yeah. turned around and said, you ruined your own movie. And that's when um, all the stuff came out. Like he would be drunk on set. Like Fox. Started, that, that was where, that was where all the stories him. started coming out about like he, he was fucking high on set. He wasn't doing his job. He was destroying houses, so on and so forth. Um, he gets fired from the job he was going to have for one of the star Wars spinoff. He movies. loses yeah. a star Wars movie oh, because, because Kinberg turned around and went to Lucasfilm and yeah. said, this is the motherfucker that you just signed on. Yep. And Kinberg is producing those movies too. Yeah. Like we and said. they went, Oh really? Yeah. Not- and apparently it was, it was around like, I think it was around like March or April when they had the big star Wars celebration out in Anaheim. Yeah. And Josh Trank was supposed to be there and do a panel <laughs> and then he never showed up. Wow. And, Josh Trank, apparently, he claimed to everyone, oh, I was sick, I was sick, I couldn't make it. But apparently, Disney told him, don't go. Wow. Because wow. we don't want you there. 
what's crazy about this film, and I re- it's you know, obviously not that long ago that it came out, but I just remember like when it was about to come out, all the negativity that was coming out about this film, and I was like, I've never been into a, gone to a movie anticipating like what a train wreck. I can't. I, wait I walked in anticipating. Yeah, I was the, waiting for a train wreck. The to happen. first thing I heard was I had a, a buddy of mine who writes, a buddy, my buddy Ken, who writes for Fangoria, went in and he saw it, and he he texted me, and legitimately the words he used were an abortion of a film, <laughs> <laughs> and all I thought to myself was. Yeah, I, I assumed. <laughs> like I never, there was never a moment for this movie that I was honestly in any way anticipating it. No, no. And it like the trailers came out, and the most I ever said was, "Okay, nah. they have my attention." I love that the stuff surrounding the movie is like so much more interesting than the yeah, actual it's, movie. It's, the piece of the movie sucks is far more entertaining than yes. the movie itself. Right. Yes, and the way I look at it was like. There's so much wasted potential when you watch it. There are scenes where you can see what they want to do. Right. There's scenes yeah. that work. Get yeah. an idea of what they're working towards, but then it doesn't pay off. It yeah. doesn't ever, you know, work out or pan out. It's just like there's like, yes, all right, so they're gonna they're gonna do that and that's gonna be great. And that's never mentioned again. Okay. <laughs> and it's just when you go into a movie like Spider Man three and you find out that it's terrible. It's still fun, right? Yeah, in how bad it is because it was a lighthearted movie to begin with. The other Fantastic Four movies aren't good movies, but they're still fun. They right? have heart because they at least get the character, yeah, and they get the concept. Everybody knows Fantastic Four is a, a goofy idea to begin with. Right. It's been goofy since the '60s, but this movie, you go into it and there's just no fun. No. And it's not even fun to make fun of it because I mean it is, but <laughs> it's it's you can't even like be like I'm gonna watch it because I'm gonna hate watch it for how bad it is. No, you just sit there going like I I don't even want to be around. No, it, it doesn't even hold up to that. No, it's and the it's, thing is you you watch this movie and you knowing the background of what happened, you can see like the seams busting apart and where like Trank might've had some influence and where Kinberg might've wrote something and where like the studio was like, all right, this sucks or where a reshoot reshoot happened. Like you can see everything. You see and all the flaws in the movie yeah. as it it's, happens. It's, You're watching it's moments it, yeah. like It's moments like when they get their powers and they, they, they wake up the next morning and they're, you know, his arms are all over the place and it's, you know, they're screaming and they're terrified and Oh my God, what the hell has happened to us? And you're like, this was the movie Trank wanted. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This was his Cronenberg fantastic that four. Was, that's it. Yeah. And then you have the next scene where suddenly you've got Johnny Storm being like, screw you, dad. You always liked my adopted sister better. And you're like, and that's Fox. What happened? <laughs> yeah, Those are, that's the studios. Do you think this like rights issue is going to plague this? Are we ever going to get a good Fantastic Four movie? Because right now, even in the comics, we were talking about Secret Wars. I'm going to little uh, number nine as it ends. There's no moving forward. There's no Fantastic Four title. They're pretty much putting it a hold. Now, I have this article I read. It was interesting. They said that for a while there was no Thor books. It's just they're saying that's just the thing we do. You know, properties are hot. Then we're going to put them on a hiatus. They may come back. Right now, we're just not making Fantastic Four books. Is there, is there any hope of ever getting a good rendition of this on screen? It's a goofy fucking setup. 
it's after the movie came out and it bombed, there was this whole, you know, everyone understood the whole point of this movie was they were setting up for a sequel, right? You know, a hundred minute trailer for a movie that never happened because it was them just laying groundwork for a franchise that they wanted to tie in with X-Men. Yes, yeah. that, I, I was going to hint at that too. They wanted to build their own cinematic universe if for the, it. If you remember before this film came out, and I believe they, they, uh, they released a photo with the X-Men cast, cast as well as the Fantastic yeah. Four cast as well as the Deadpool, I believe, oh, cast was yeah. in there too. Yeah, and the the whole thing was like I mean because there was even word of like one draft of the script had you know uh, somebody from X Men showing up and like talking to them at the end or whatever it is I don't know but it, so that was the whole point and then it failed so now you have everyone going oh well it's obvious they're not going to make a Fantastic Four two and Fox came around and said well yeah. we planned on having one out in like 2017 or whatever it is July, but. Uh, yeah. We're, we're going to kind of put that on hiatus and maybe push it back a little bit. And now it's just as to be announced. So this was this spelled to everybody off. Oh, Fantastic Four is dead again. So now you have, oh, well, is, is, is Marvel going to take the rights back or is Fox going to try and hold on to him? What it is, is when they decided to redo Fantastic Four and they made this movie, they now have a, a written contract saying that if they don't put out another one in seven years mm-hmm. from this one. Marvel gets the rights back. Mm. But it's, so it's not it's not fluid like it was before where Marvel was able to come back and be like, maybe we want them. Like Fox still has these rights until 2022 or whatever it is. So they're they're basically just like sitting on like so I have we, we gotta figure they're gonna this sit out. for a while to just be like, let's let everyone forget about it. Yeah. But it's now always- I hope they would be smart and take that time to say, have somebody working on something for Fantastic Four. Because if they're going to play the, the last minute scramble again and in, you know, 2020 be like, oh, fuck, we need a Fantastic Four movie made. They're just going to do the same goddamn thing. Right. That's what's going to happen. I feel like that's the thing. It's like it's always going to be a thing where, like, we got to make this movie or lose the rights. Do you think there's a possibility that they could work out a deal like Sony did with Marvel? Or do you think Fox and Marvel not, don't play as nicely as Sony and Marvel ever I think the problem is is that Fox and Marvel have been at each other for so long about X-Men yeah. that Fox basically just looks at any kind of work with Marvel as a defeat. Yeah. Like, yeah, they work, quote-unquote, with Marvel for these movies, but it's so far as they put Marvel's name on right. them. Like, That's you don't do. have Kevin Feige coming over and talking to them about, you know, uh, X-Men Apocalypse or anything like that. So I really think that they're not going to try and push for the, oh, well, you know, we'll sell you Fantastic Four, but we get the distribution rights or whatever the hell it is because Marvel, they have no case. Mm-hmm. Marvel could just look at it and be like, you have not made a successful yeah. Fantastic Four movie. Right. Why would we work with you when we could just buy these from you? Mm-hmm. And they are bolstered by their uh, their X-Men and like I think Deadpool is going to be a hit for them. I'm, that's the thing is I am highly looking forward to Deadpool. I don't see Fantastic Four as being like the nail in the Fox Marvel coffin. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to X-Men Apocalypse. Well, I think it's going to be fun as hell. Do you think this is a nail in the Josh Trank coffin? Can, is, can he recover? Is there any coming back, maybe given like 12, 15 years? I don't know. Josh Trank, the whole thing with him is a testament to the shitty system of Hollywood now. Mm. Because ten, God, even he's, 10, he's like a Hollywood martyr. Ago, I was gonna say even ten or twenty years ago, you have Josh Trank would have put out a movie like Chronicle, where it was a cheap movie to make and it made a lot of money. 
what would have happened then is he would have made a few more cheap movies. Yes. That's your Kevin Smith in the nineties. And they would exactly, they would have kept it like sure. Fox would have held on to him, but they would have groomed him and they would have said, you know, prove yourself a little bit more with this and maybe we'll give you a little bit more money and maybe we'll give you a little bit more money and so on and so forth. And he would have had the ability to gain the experience of working for a studio. We weren't we just talking about how like the music industry and the movie industry does not develop talent anymore the way yep. they used to. No, they the they, they love just, plucking. They the, just the, throw you in. Well, and they t- love plucking the directors that aren't are cheaper that have made a successful film with a little bit of money and then throwing them into huge. And then films. telling them what to do. The problem is, and the funny thing is, is you kind of have to blame Marvel for it. Yes, Ooh. Marvel does that. Marvel, does Marvel that has yeah. done it, and Marvel has done it well. well now that's yeah. not to say they haven't had their issues with directors. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, you had Edgar Wright. Such a fucking train wreck yeah. as it was yeah. with Josh Trank. Right. Yeah. I mean, had this happened with Marvel, they either wouldn't have picked him or they would have handled it a way better. Well, if it had happened with Marvel, they would have done what they did with Ant-Man. Exactly. They picked up Edgar Wright. Edgar yeah. Wright wanted to make one movie. They wanted to make another. Edgar Wright said, fuck you, it's my movie. Marvel said, fuck you, it's our franchise. And they sent him packing. And that's and, that's and they did. They said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get someone who will play ball with us yeah. because we're Marvel and we make a shit ton of money. That's what Fox needed to do, but they were running out of time, man. And they Fox was afraid if they had to find another director, they'd lose the film rights. Yeah. Mm, a little different situation. That's always gonna, and it's always going to be a thing. We're like, fuck, we got to make this movie. We don't want to just uh, give that, it I'm back glad you, to Marvel. You pointed at Marvel, too. That's a good point that Marvel's yeah. actually the one to blame for this stuff because they, they, the they do is it that all the time. Everyone wants to be Marvel, yeah. whether it's Fox, whether it's Sony, whether it's DC and WB. They are the one that everyone wants to be, and everyone is failing to be them. Everyone is drooling over having their own shared you know, universe franchise. Warner Brothers isn't going to be happy until they have their fucking Avengers money, and they're never going to get it because they don't know how to make those movies. Yeah. Right. Fox, they they hit it out of the park with X-Men a few times, then they started to fail, and then they brought it back again. So that's great. But the problem was, is like I said, they wanted to find someone who was going to be cheap to pay, who was going to do what they told them and make the movie they wanted. And instead, they picked this you know, young millennial kid who the, the first thing he – millennials. The last thing he directed before Chronicle was a fucking YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> so they made Chronicle. That's it went off true. the charts. And yeah. the first thing he did was he drank his own Kool-Aid and believed he was hot shit. Yep. So he decided for the next movie he would do whatever the hell he wanted and it – bit him in the ass, and they got blackballed in Hollywood for it. Do you think he'll ever work again, though? I think he'll work again, but I don't think he will be near a studio film for a long, long time, if ever. He might just have to do his own I shit. I compared him to, uh, who's the guy that did... Uh, David Fincher. David Fincher. Because Fincher had a terrible experience in his first big budget. Fincher time. is a little different. Okay. Fincher didn't get high and go yeah. off the rails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fincher got handed a shit can of a movie yeah. and didn't could with it yeah. yeah he wasn't an ass about it fincher <laughs> fincher's whole thing was he was the guy who got called in after they fired the asshole director right oh he was the next Super guy alien three mm. and he had to scramble to put together whatever there was yeah, and fincher played ball that's not his fault so he the fact that he played ball he then got his next movie and he got his next movie but and he got his next movie like i said why doesn't jo- why I, didn't Josh Trank? It's so large common sense. You play no, ball once, and then you can do what you want. Problem is, and it's the reason why I referred to him as a millennial director. Yes, was because he Lame. he had <laughs> he had his his taste of fame, and immediately decided, well, I'm hot shit, and I deserve whatever I'm, I want. I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna listen to you fuckers. And here's the thing. <laughs> 
God knows he might have been high the entire time he fucking directed Chronicle. Sure. <laughs> was it was him and Max Landis. Yeah, like and Landis there wasn't is, somebody high on that set, I'll be surprised. Landis is a fucking wacky dude too, <laughs> dude. Well, here's the funny thing about Max Landis. When they decided they were going to do a new Fantastic Four movie before Josh Trank got brought on, Max Landis pitched a Fantastic Four script to Fox. Yep. Wrote an entire goddamn movie and sent it to him because apparently Max Landis has the ability to write an entire screenplay in a matter of like 20 minutes. The man is a <laughs> he, I'm pretty sure he has, he has sent out and tried to sell like 70 something spec scripts in a matter of three years. Damn. Um, and he, he, the thing is, is that he's the kind of guy where he just he writes, he writes, he writes, he writes, and something's going to get fucking bought. He's just playing the numbers. Side note on Landis, that's who uh, Jesse Eisenberg is basing his role of. That's what he said. Alex Luthor off of. <laughs> the funny is that is that, that as if Max Landis needed another reason to love himself. <laughs> really, I think Ew. I love his work, um, and I think he was probably he would probably be an interesting dude to talk to. But it's very obvious that Le- Max Landis really likes Max Landis. He wrote American Ultra. I, I didn't good. see it. I, I went to it. it some point yeah but um and that's so to to talk about about max landis and this whole thing he he pitched it like 2011 he pitched them a a fantastic four script and when the new movie came out he posted the first four pages of it on his twitter Oh. oh wow and those first four pages of the max landis fantastic four script are better than the entire movie that we've seen. Oh, shit. Is that the, is that the one that included that. the flying car and all that stuff? It included the flying VW bus. Right. Oh, right. We, in, we talked about this. Right in the in the four pages? Right in the beginning? Right in the first four pages. What oh. it was, the first four pages is it sets up this whole thing of like a remote farm out in the middle of nowhere that's getting stormed by the FBI and SWAT teams and so on and so forth. And they're, you know, they're, they're, they realize that Underneath the barn on this farm is where the Fantastic Four are working on something that's most likely very dangerous. So they're they're on the bullhorn to you know Reed Richards, come out with your heads up, you're under arrest for you know by national security for whatever. And then out of nowhere, just like this PA system kicks in, and Reed Richards is like, "Oh, sorry, I I can't do that. I'm in the middle of doing something right now, and it's very important that I finish it." And then you hear like the rest of them all like bickering and arguing with each other in the background. Like Johnny calling calling Reed a nerd because he won't stand up to the cops or whatever it is and so on and so forth. And it ends with the flying car launching out of the floor of the uh, the the, far, the barn, almost crashing into the cop cars and then taking off. That's fun. I do remember yeah, this remember, now. And yeah. I remember thinking it's like what a fun opening. It's like that's that's technically four minutes of a movie. It hits the characters exactly yeah. how they're right. supposed to be. Yeah. It touches on the goofy nature that is Fantastic Four. But as you read it, the way that it's written, you can tell it's supposed to be this highly intense opening that just takes this fun, funny turn at a moment. I mean, even those four pages, you, you learn think. a lot of character right there. Right. That's amazing. And like wherever the hell the story goes from after that doesn't matter. Yeah. Those, that opening sequence alone as just a standalone thing – proves that Max Landis knows more about this concept than anybody at Fox who touched this movie. <laughs> but well, they rejected it. Wow. 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 What a mess. And oh. it made me think. Chronicle was such a great movie. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah. And I, I'm not one who ever likes to put all of the success of a movie on the director because they're the one who puts their name in big lettering, but they're not the one who did everything. Chronicle wouldn't be what it was, but if it wasn't for Max Landis' script – but it also be, wouldn't be what it was if it wasn't for Josh Trank directing it. Absolutely. And I honestly think if they had taken 
a Max Landis script and put Josh Trank behind the camera, they probably could have had a fucking movie that would have given them a hell of a franchise. I think they, I think you're right. They missed kind of looking at that thing one step back and but take, taking them together. I think the problem with it is, is that, like I said, Landis is Landis's biggest supporter, his biggest fan. I guarantee you, Max Landis would have cost too much money for them. Uh, He'd have been like, oh, yeah, Fox? Probably would have been like, oh, you want another one of my scripts? Great. I want you to pay me this much. I want you to guarantee me this many sequels. I need to have this kind of creative control, and I guarantee you Fox was like, we're not going to do that. I mean, if you you think Trank wasn't going to play ball, there's no way in fuck that both of them together were going to play ball. That's the problem, is that if you had the two of them work together, they could have made a great movie, but if you... Had the two of them worked together, they would have been an even bigger monster to fight. Or you just had to like step out of their way or, and or hope or that would it have comes had out. To just let them do what they do. Yeah. And sadly, Fox is not that company. Yeah. No. no, they're just too fucking. There, you, you will very rarely find a company that will do that these days. Yeah, and, it's, it's and, not just Fox. Yeah. It's it's a lot of companies that won't do that. Well, it's the whole. It's changing the whole state of uh, movie making and the industry. And the the funny thing. Things. As I thought about it, I was like, you know, this, it's not the first story ever of a director and the producers going head to head. I mean, you know, how long was it that World War Z was in production before it actually came out? Yeah. And it got to a point where the director wasn't talking to anybody at all. And, yeah. and like Brad Pitt was directing his own scenes. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, well, I didn't know that's what happened on that one. I didn't oh, even know that. that was, if you think Fantastic Four was a fucking train wreck behind the scenes. Yeah. Like World War Z was an atomic bomb. Damn. No, no, you're right. This happens a lot, but for this to just be so public and and it's it's the fact that yeah, they took it to the public yeah. because Trank decided to open his big mouth about it. Fox decided to just you want Smear you want to you want to talk about our movie. We'll talk about why you'll never work in this town again. Had, like had he just not tweeted that, he could have probably saved his career. Would've, it would have been easier. fine. Would've it would have been, been okay. You know, he a young worked director, again. a bad movie, it yeah. didn't work out. But you know, he'll get more work. He, the fact that he felt he needed to yeah. basically say, "Well, Fox ruined my movie." It's like when Shia LaBeouf said that you know, uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was the worst thing ever, and that he didn't like working with Spielberg. You don't badmouth Spielberg. That's, that's another, why you don't see Shia. There's another guy that ain't going to be working very much in the future. Maybe the two of so them should go. get together. I was going to say, Trank and, Trank and LaBeouf will put out a bunch of art films over in France for a That's few. it. You get Max Landis and Trank to put out movies with Shia LaBeouf as their lead. This will be a hit in Europe. Well, now that's the thing. Max Landis doesn't have to fear that. No, Max he's Landis good. Yeah, he's doing he's good now. He's fine. He yeah. American Ultra came out. He's got. Uh, I think he's got a few other things that are yeah, getting made. Just, he's uh... he's writing Superman comics now. Right. Yeah. The yeah. one thing that I thought, and I I would have loved to have had this kind of capability, is the biggest and I think one of the most famous stories of producer versus director is Blade Runner. Oh ah. yeah. Because. They the, the producers fought with Ridley Scott throughout the entire process of that movie, saying no one's going to get it, no one understands what the po- the concept is. You know, people aren't going to realize that they're robots. This you know, th- this is just weird. No one's going to like this movie. You got to put in a voiceover to explain it because everyone's stupid. <laughs> and it, it came to a point where the movie came out in theaters and everyone hated it. Yeah, like everyone hated Blade Runner when it came out. Even even Ridley Scott hated Blade Runner when it came out. Wow. And then you had, you know, down the road, he did a director's cut yeah. and then he did another director's cut. And they just, there was like four or five different versions of that movie that came out. And it took 30 some odd years for them to put out a version that Ridley Scott said 
was the movie this I wanted. Finally, I and that movie. I mean, again, it, like it's a cult hit, and uh, I mean, it's gonna. They're, they're thinking about remaking it. Like, well, no, yeah. they're gonna do a sequel. Oh, sequel. sequel. That's right. Yeah, good. Don't remake it. Just give me another story. So, and that's the thing is, if somewhere down the road there had been a chance to see the director's cut of Fantastic Four, yeah. I would have done it. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't you get a? You also get a director's cut of uh, going back to Fincher, Alien Three, right? Oh, you do. Uh, I, I think, think you do. There is there is a director's cut. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, so like, if you play nice, they will let yeah, you do that's some the shit. Thing is like, if you do what they say, you know, you don't 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 get in the middle of it right when you're making the movie. Like, they want to change things. Okay, fine. Maybe we'll change this. Maybe we'll change that. So on and so forth. But then even if you can get a compromise, like, all right, what if we film? What if we film the version I want to do on my script, and then we film the version you want to do on your script, and then when we're in post-production, we can argue with the editor about which one works? I, I guarantee you a studio is going to be fine with that. It just, it's just because lack especially of it, now yeah. it's on digital. It's yeah. not like you're wasted film. Yeah, it's costing you nothing. Just la- like lack of experience, amateur it, behavior. It was, just, it was just so at this point now there will never be such a thing as a director's cut because in the middle of making the movie they changed 50% <laughs> of the story under his nose and basically said, fuck you, we're making like, our – Go in and remove the director and be like, go away – we're going to rewrite and reshoot this and you'll get to see it. And I don't think he even knew what the movie was when it was coming out. There's even a fucking Richard Donner cut of Superman two out there. And that was another one where he basically told the studio, fuck you. And they fired him. Yeah. And they, they, (laughs) they changed the second half of that movie too. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. This happens all the time. It's just that one. Th- it's just like comes down it's to your just attitude. For some reason. Like, and I think honestly, I, I, I like I said, it's his age. Yeah. It's the fact that he'd never done this before. Yeah. And you have just that, that young, you know, sensibility of, well, I'm the director, I'm in charge. So he just decided that meant, well, you have to listen to me. But obviously, because <laughs> when he made his first movie, he didn't get into fight with the producers. He didn't understand that, no, I'm the producer, I'm in charge. Right, Kids, this is not the way the world works. It's <laughs> the lesson we've learned on Sesame Street today. Brought to you by the letter Trank. <laughs> uh, Matt, that was Fucking fantastic, pun intended. I'm going to play a little sweeper, and we're just going to wrap up and give out your final plugs here. I'm super excited that we could help you birth this new series. This new concept. What the fuck happened with Matt Delhauer over at, uh, what is it, Ginger Geeky? Ginger Geek Blogs. So, uh, yeah, tell the people where, what's going to happen, where they can find everything. And, uh, this show is going to be, uh, with a, it's got a accompanying post now. Yeah. The companion post of what the fuck happened. Fantastic Four, 2015, um, will be over at ginger geek blogs, which ginger geek blogs uh, I can also be found on Twitter at Matt Delhauer, maybe changing to at the ginger geek or something like that at yeah. some point. Cause I don't need to be as super professional, but I'm also looking for work. So I'll probably just leave it at, at Matt. <laughs> <Delhauer>. um, <laughs> uh, outside of that, I mean, that's, that's really all I got going. I don't really have anywhere else you can find me at the moment. Oh, well, you, you, of course you can, you can find me at how do I jump.com. Yep. Uh, Pete's going to kill me at that. I, I actually forgot about that before I plugged it. Um, oh, you remembered. And plus, he's also the reason, uh, like, uh, today the show, the, our eSports with Peter Kendall show posted today in yes. real time. Today being, what's Which is day? January 17th. Okay, cool. 
and Matt Delhauer was kind of the, the insider, the, yeah. the birth of that the show. The fact that I actually introduced Anthony to the concept of esports yes. is what then led to the debate of esports versus uh, conventional sports. Right, correct. I love all this because like everything is full circle with you and Peter and Matt and like and then the show comes it's out. All so flowed naturally. It's a good show. It, uh, you should check. It's, uh, it's very educational for us noob gamer noobs. What's great about so, that show is it come me and uh, Pete actually come around to bashing Imran, which is good. Oh well, that's, well, uh, that's I, really all it should have been. Kind of tur- I kind of turned on me. Yeah, wait, it hilarious. was a double turn. <laughs> um, the so yeah, uh, how do I jump at hd1jump.com? That was a bunch of different forms of uh, gaming news, uh, opinions, reviews, so on and so forth. And podcasts, yes, we have yes, we have uh, several podcasts linked to it, including the Weekly Jump, which is our our weekly roundup of the gaming news that we do, which. I will actually be hosting for Peter this upcoming oh, wow. week. Wow, fun! Um, because he has to go be an actor. Yeah, he's got a real job. So I, I will, I will get to be captain of that ship and watch it sink and laugh when I. Am. <laughs> Dude, you got Chris there. He's uh, you guys. Yeah, will be well, fine. that's the thing is Chris is going to take care of like recording and everything, and I have to figure out how to come up with all the segues. So. Uh, you be you. You just uh, you know, you take notes from like what Peter does. Peter's so good at that, though. Like yeah, Peter's really good. We we that show we got him it's to like, talk for like more. Really? Yeah, we. But like, we, his, go ahead. His kryptonite is like after an hour, he just runs on steam. Like, because he's like, I, look, I could go good for an hour, and we stretched him to over an hour. <laughs> no, it's it's funny. I, like, we we actually we had a joke the other day. We were talking about building a how do I jump uh, video game, and we were like, well, what kind of a game would it be? And I mentioned uh, MOBAs, sort of like uh, League of Legends. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, I wonder what each of us would be like for a, a MOBA character. And I, I do think for Peter, like one of his abilities would be Segway. <laughs> I'm Segway man. Yeah, he's great at that. Uh, dude, thank you so much. This was so goddamn entertaining. This is fucking awesome. Listener, so, if, yeah. Oh, uh, what I was going to say is um, if you want – have the listeners, if they decide they want to pitch in, tell us what to do next because I don't come up with these things on my own, obviously. That is a great segue. See, you just did it. There you go. To our final calls to action, which is if yes. you want to contact us, you can uh, go to jockandnerd.com slash contact. And in the show notes, all the links that we've just mentioned will be in there. And there's links to email us, send an audio comment, Twitter. Yes, please send us your suggestion for we the next volume edition of What the Fuck Happened. What the Fuck Happened. With Matt Delhauer. You know, I, ideally we'd love uh, like a geeky superhero movie because it's fun. and uh, But it could or be because anything. we have Anthony and it's a jock and nerd pa- oh, podcast. We could do you bad want sp- me to watch a, a shitty sports movie? I'll oh, do that. Shit. I love that idea. Let's do a shitty sports movie so that's jockanerd.com slash contact and then listener when that show comes out how do you get it you go subscribe in itunes or yes. in your favorite podcast app it's free you'll get it right in your phone jockanerd.com slash review takes you to our itunes page and the last thing anthony all you have to do is just tell a friend i think Tell a buddy about the Jock and Nerd. Give him one of these. Jock and Nerd. Nice. <laughs> Spread the geekery. Matt, thanks for being here. You guys, thanks for listening. This was a great show. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the Jock. He's a nerd. And we'll hear you next time. Holy shit, dude. That was awesome. This is definitely the start of a I great think, I series. I think you're on to something, dude. I was so close to just in the middle of the music being like, am I allowed to talk now? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> no, I think the, you're really onto something yes. with it. You have a real talent for doing this shit. It's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. I, I am a big fan of making fun of things and people. I was going to just suggest, did you like Man of Steel, Matt Delhar? <laughs> um, honestly, not so much. Okay, no. cool. We, we could do that. We movie. could do because that's something I don't like. We, we've bashed it so much. <laughs> I, I feel like I, a BVS think, will uh, might have to be one of the movies. <laughs> I was gonna. Well, I probably will, and I hate <laughs> the fact that that means I'm gonna have to fucking pay money to see that movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I saw something posted the other day where it was talking about like, oh, you think super? You think Star Wars was the biggest movie of all time? Wait till uh, March. I was like, oh, really, no. WB? You honestly think you could pull that off? Oh my god. Boy. You still haven't surpassed Avengers, and you're trying to take down the biggest movie in American and, history. And Star Wars didn't take down Avatar. Avatar it did, uh, but domestically. It, it did domestically, not globally. Not, not globally, globally yet. My other question is: Avatar, biggest movie ever, made tons of money. Nobody really gives a shit about it. Nobody talks about it. It made no cultural pop culture like, impact. I, I was listening to the Cracked mm-hmm. podcast the other day. They were talking about this, and they were talking about the, the, the you know the whole it versus Star Wars thing, and they were like. Even if Star Wars doesn't surpass it globally, it surpassed it in everything else ever. Right. Yeah. Like, of, like they were like, Avatar made all of this money, but nobody references it. No. Like, no one makes nobody, jokes about nobody it. Nobody cosplays they're, they're like, like them. You can't even imagine, like, who was the bad guy? Was was it the, the businessman or right. your the generic general. bad guy from the military? It was like, they, there was no Darth Vader. Right. No. I read, though, he's worried. Not only is he working on two, three, and four, and possibly a five. But it was on TV the other day. I was watching it. Those fucking blue characters are so expre- full of expression. They're so believable. It looks amazing. There's fucking dragons fighting aircraft. It's all, it's like badass. The action is really good. I've seen the movie. I know. Bro. I'm just like I just saw it. I saw it recently, and I'm like, You've all seen this, this movie? This you shit is pretty it's good. Made a lot of money. Why? Why? Like nobody. The only the only cultural impact that I can think of. You're right though. And now in hindsight, that there's not a lot of cultural impact from Avatar. The only thing I can think of is that 3D has just been crazy after Avatar. Like. It's because of Avatar. Because everyone's doing 3D. 3D didn't do anything as good as Avatar. No, no, nothing, no one's done. No, no one's done anyone as good as Avatar. No. I'm saying, but like every studio has been like, we got to release a movie now in 3D. I make some movie and money yeah, in 3D. True. But this is also why, and I mentioned it in the last show, like I can't wait for a fucking Jim James Cameron comeback. Like good Cameron. What I think it is. Is I guarantee you, Cameron's gonna want to do a Star Wars movie. I, this, but Avatar is his Star Wars. Well, and I think that's the problem is no. that it's it's that Cameron Cameron like Trank is going to be way too much into yeah, but I'm James fucking Cameron, and everyone's gonna be like, no one cares anymore, dude. Mm, he's got to get relevant. If again. you if you look at the behind the scenes stuff for Aliens when James Cameron's from, he was a fucking dick. To really? Oh, yeah. oh wow. I'm trying to remember which movie it was. Aliens when he was working with well, the crew in England. He did a, well. There, he had a lot of instances on Aliens where, like, the crew hated him. He was a fucking tyrant. Oh shit! But there, I'm trying to remember if it was because it, it wasn't Aliens. Because there wasn't. It was. I think it was either the first Avatar or whatever he did before that. Titanic? But there was one. Which one? Titanic? It might have been Titanic. Uh, maybe Titanic. But it was one where apparently what he did was anytime he saw somebody in the crew with a cell phone, <laughs> he would take it from them. And he would nail gun it to a wall. Yes, that's awesome. I was hoping he would smash it. That's and would like basically awesome. tell everyone, like, if I see you on your fucking cell phone, this is what happens. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> he, I've, I've, I've read a lot. Of, he's a real, uh, real pain in the ass to work with. And like, I think the funny thing is, is there is there is a, a I think there's a bit of footage that from behind the scenes on Aliens 
where he's kind of like talking to the crew. And this is where they're like halfway through making the movie. Everybody's tired. Everybody's angry. Everybody's fucking pissed at him. And he's been such a dick. And basically what he's saying is, I know that I have been an asshole and I appreciate all of you that have put up with me. But I think what we are making is going to honestly be one of the best things that has happened in cinema in a long time. And I just ask all of you to please put up with me for another month and then you don't have to work with me again. (laughs) And we will have made an amazing film. Wow. And it's like at least he is self-aware enough to be like, I am being an asshole. But the man has a vision and will do what it takes to get his art that we're making. Yeah, he has a vision and he's going to do whatever the fuck it takes to get to his vision. So before Avatar, the big movie was Titanic. But between Titanic and Avatar, he did Dark Angel, which was awesome. Jessica Uh, Alba. I was going to say, and that's what launched Jessica Alba. Yeah, that was a great show, dude, too. And that was based off his uh, rejected Spider-Man script a little bit. Like some of the concept he used in Dark Angel, I remember. God, I forgot he was going to do a Spider-Man right. yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had a Have whole. You read script. any of the Spider-Man script he was going to do back in like the early to mid nineties? I, I haven't read it, but I heard it was like really dark and weird. So there was there was a lot of dark stuff, but there was also just a lot of stuff that made it so obvious that all he was making the Spider-Man powers into was a. Uh, allegory for puberty. Oh yeah, mm. that's right. That's right. Like there was apparently a scene in which uh, Peter Parker was supposed to wake up and find that he had accidentally webbed himself to his bed in his sleep. <laughs> he had a wet dream. <laughs> wow. He had a web dream. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's just like, and, like apparently it was just shit like that all throughout. I mean, I, uh, uh, it's kind of an interesting, interesting idea, you know. And I would have loved to fucking seen a James Cameron Spider-Man movie. Are you shitting me? Yeah, that would have been the fucking bomb. <laughs> 